Who did? Howard 100. I'll tell you the story. On today's show, Howard reunites with comedian, actor, and podcast host, Mark Merritt. If you can make a room laugh, yeah. why does it matter if you use a prop? I don't care. Some yeah. people do, though. I mean, what is a ventriloquist? Are they... Oh, they that's they're, a prop. Are they the lowest on the, on the comedy? Are there, how many are left? I mean, there's three of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's like, I mean, that's the weird thing. It's like, I hate ventriloquists. Which are the two? <laughs> I'm Mark Marin. I'm a comedian. did not get a call yesterday from Mike Shinoda asking me to be the front man for Lincoln Park. So, just wanted to let you know that. I auditioned live on the air to be the front man, the new front man. Chester Bennington committed suicide. I thought it was time that Lincoln Park get back together again. And uh, one thing led to another. I, I wasn't asked to audition. I just... I just started. I thought it would earn me a slot by doing uh, King Crimson's Court of the Crimson King. I thought that that would do it. And, do you uh, think that was the wrong song? Yeah, now I'm having second thoughts about doing that <laughs> song. It's a, a lot of people don't understand that song. You know. Anyway, I don't care. I have my own band. You know I have a band. Uh, took us. Yes, I, yes. Actually, I uh, finally got smart. I dumped Fred. Kicked him out of the band. I mean, I gave up on that guy. I, I mean, he's out, a good uh, guitarist. He's a great guitarist, but I, I wasn't getting anywhere in my music career, so I had to get rid of him. So I'm, I hooked up with uh, Richard Pristy and uh, Steve Nowicki, and? and I have a new I have a new band called Tuches. <laughs> we have friend. album art. We have a song already. We got to just put together nine more songs. We'll have an album. I don't need Mike Shinoda. I don't need anybody else. I got my guys. Poor well, Fred. Fred, Fred had many years. Yeah. yeah. You Fred write had many years. more than he, more songs <laughs> than you need. You're only writing yeah. the nine or ten you yeah. need for an album. Listen, I'm busy with a radio show. I don't have time. Any <laughs> song I write is going right on the album. <laughs> I mean, I, I honest to God, though, if I can just say I have had, you know, listen, I've spent my whole life not playing the guitar or but the piano. I... I um, but I just um, I felt that I should be a rock star. I'm wasting my time here. I should have a hit song. I should have a novelty song, and I've never been able to pull it off. Uh, Why if you know doesn't my... Rick Rubin come along and oh, take please. your germ of an idea? No, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. You know what? Uh, uh, I, I actually in the past have um, worked with um, a couple of the top name producers like uh, Jack Antonoff and. Uh, uh, Pharrell Williams and yes. Mark Ronson. And whenever I sit down with those guys, they look at me like, there's nothing we can do with you. <laughs> I get very inhibited. I freeze up. 
It's almost I like remember. they leave the country. You don't see over here for a while. You know, I don't realize, like, some people don't really listen to the show. And we had Pharrell Williams on, who's a brilliant <laughs> musician and producer. And we had him on, and I'm talking to him. And I go, hey, man, you know, uh, I'd like you to make a hit song for me. He goes, well, you got any tracks or anything? I go, sure I do. You know, now I'm kidding around. <laughs> and so we sent, we, so I, we sent some shit over to him. And, and I remember his reaction was, what the fuck is this? Like he thought, like I was really. <laughs> I mean, he didn't it was think so that anybody bad. without any music in them would send tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was like embarrassing. I sent over uh, like like. Uh, Just repeat after me. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. You. There's me working with Pharrell Williams. Can't okay. be me. I'm a rock star. But say it cool, like you mean it. Like you. You can't be me. I'm a rock star. Okay. But if I hear the track, I could do it. Better. Oh, you want to do it? <laughs> it was the worst recording Is session ever. Is that cool? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Gary said that Pharrell played the tape for his office. And the way they look was in total disbelief. Like someone opened up an anthrax letter. It was insane. <laughs> look, I'm very upset with them because they saw a challenge and they crumbled. <laughs> I showed a lot of promise, though, when I was young. I, You know, I was telling um, Mike Schnody yesterday that I had a band in sixth grade called uh, Electric Comic Book, formerly the Plumbers Union. And, uh, you know, and I told him in sixth grade I was already writing songs about hookers, silver nickels and golden dimes. <laughs> He's and like, all you'll how hear old were you? <laughs> that money will ruin you and it's corrupt because you're taking money for sex. And he's like, wow, sixth grade, huh? I mean, I know, so How it sounds like. Did it, you know that? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I think I read a lot of my dad's pornography that he had in his little oh, uh, nightstand. Oh. Yeah. That's where <laughs> you got know. your moral lessons yeah. from. But it was a good song. Jimmy, come there I am. Me. That's me. I'll give you a silver nickel. I should have gone on hormones then. I would have had an excellent female voice. <laughs> Can you believe that's me? Mary! No! <laughs> Mary! I mean... Mary, come home with me. I'll give you, you sure? a silver nickel. You sure you have balls? <laughs> I don't. Mary, come play with me. I'll give you a... I sound like a lesbian. Mary, come play with me. <laughs> Uh, I'm also thinking about yeah. a six year, a sixth grade boy thinking that if he gives Mary a nickel, she'll come play with him. Hey, like, what would I know? He's already, uh, I can't get this girl on my own. I got to give her some money. Don't forget, That's this is like horrible. Yeah. Well, there you go. I knew, I knew the reality of the world. <laughs> By the way, we were pretty drumhead. I'm like a young Chester Benning. Good song. I stand by this song. I still do. Why did you play this for Pharrell? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would love to have a hit song. But anyway, um, you know, I've been trying for years. Uh, I put out Hurdy Gurdy Man. When we had the losers, I really thought Hurdy Gurdy Man was. I thought, I you thought, thought somebody you, was going to pick that up and, and I, run. I with thought, 
I thought you fuckers in the audience would have, you know, had some kind of demand for this song, but no one liked it but me. One, <laughs> two, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Good. It's heavy. Did you use a drum machine? Yeah, that's uh, we we sampled uh, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Okay, because I was like, who was drumming like that? John Bonham. Kids were loving this. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, we did that live. I think I won a um, competition against uh, some wrestler or something. He had a celebrity band. But oh, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. That was when you were mm. taking on other celebrity yeah. bands. Worked hard on that. That's when Fred was in my band, but I kicked him out. Uh, and He's Fred gone. Fred was doing a great job with that guitar. I called Fred up. I said, you're out. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you didn't even, did. you weren't even sad about nope. kicking him out? I stuck with this guy for 50-something <laughs> years already. And this guy never had a hit song. So I had to do what I had to do. So anyway, um, I just want to formally announce, yes, I'm in a band called Tuchus. It's a three-man What's ensemble. What's the lineup? It's three the men. Lineup, it's, uh, it's Richard Christie on drums, me on lead vocals. And Steve Nowicki on guitars. He does all the guitar work. That's it. Three okay. guys. That way I don't have to split all the profits 27 different ways like Journey or something. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. You know. But uh you remember back in January. By the way, we even have cover art. Is there a way you guys can put that up on our social media? The you already have cover up. art. You don't have an yeah. album. <laughs> Here's the uh the album is Tuchus. Smell My Tuchus is the name of the album. There's the cover art. It's kind of cool. It's a very it's got a logo. It's great. It's got it's a big ass cheeks. Look at that. Can you see that? Oh, that's funny with eyes on yeah. those cheeks. Eyes on the Tuchus. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a devil thing and then this toilet I think paper. The, the, it's uh yeah. What do you smell? Tuchus. <laughs> 
Tuchus is in the air, Robin. <laughs> By the way, the artist Attack Peter sent this in, and he's a big deal. Attack Peter is a well-known artist uh-huh. who's done work for tons of bands, including Coheed and Cambria, Fish, Mastodon, and Gohira. And, uh, we, oh, listen. he submitted that artwork? Damn right, and it's damn good if you ask me. I like the whole thing. Ass cheeks even have hair on it. <laughs> anyway, um, so is this song you played for us the other day your first release? Yeah, this is a single we did. Um, this is called "Smell My Tuchus" by my new band, No Fred. <laughs> Out. I gotta punish this guy. How many years, Fred? I had you in the band. Too long. Yeah. You never came through for me. Wasn't my talent. It was Fred's. I figured it out finally. <laughs> Nothing wrong with me. Had to be. Sorry, pal. All right. Well, let's. No. I'm anxious to hear Tuchus. Well, let me tell you something. You're like Pete Best. You're going to be so fucked in the head when you hear our new band. Somehow you're, I don't you're... think so. Oh, I think so. I think you're going to see. <laughs> I think after I hear this, I'll be glad I was kicked out of the band. <laughs> um, oh, dear. I was considering naming the band No Fred. Like, just like, I'm See, so now, mad at Now them. that's catchy. Yeah. I put my faith in Fred for all these years. I realized my new band, they're going to bring it home. Tuchus. Right. Well, I hope your faith is well-founded. What other success has the new band members? Well, we just started. Displayed. It, it, you look at the album. It says Tuchus featuring No Fred. <laughs> <laughs> without Fred. <laughs> without Fred. No Fred whatsoever on this album. It's completely free of Fred. Not even a guest cameo. Anyway, uh, here it is. Um, this is a song. I'm I'm proud to debut. I don't need anyone but this new band that I'm in. Smell My Tuchus by Tuchus. Coming at you. WMBC. By the way, I did send this to Rick Rubin, and uh, he blocked my number. I haven't uh, heard from him. <laughs> and now, I'll see you fuckers at the Grammys. Toughest.
Would you call this a demo or or is no, this the finished product? Demo. Uh, you know what? I saw you. You were shocked how great Tuchus is. <laughs> no one else on this planet is singing about Tuchus. Well, uh, I just think it's a little. Oh, uh, it's a little what? Jealous of you? No, Fred, no, no. Fred jealous? I mean, you could have polished these uh, lyrics a bit. <laughs> All I can say is no. I couldn't write it's a song wrong. like this if I tried. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. my head. I've, I've seen you try. <laughs> I've had it with you. It's, I'm, look, I think everything is subjective, and right. I don't know if this song is for everyone. Everyone loves it. Well, everyone. Everyone on that side of the mic loves it, so. If you, I if I, had, it's audience. number one in Lithuania, by the way. Already. If I hadn't told you that it was my new band, you would have, you would have, you would have thought Eddie Van Halen put this together. From yeah, it's the like Beyond. the Poop Fighters. Wow, the it's poop amazing. Fighters. Uh, the poop fighters. I already have, I already have haters, and I just debuted the song. <laughs> I <laughs> wish this. you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank well, you. what are you gonna do now? Uh, are you gonna bring in some AR uh, people from from the record industry to to hear no. this? No, it's all right. The word's out. <laughs> and then I, th I think, and I know you're working on you want to come out of the house more and stuff. I think let's, yeah. you know, come out. Let's do a concert at the Apollo, and right. we could get on bass if he'd be down for it. Wolfgang Van Halen on bass and yeah. backup vocals. I could get him. I could get him. I could get I him mean, in two seconds. Insane. That kid owes me. <laughs> yeah. And then if we have I'm Wolfgang, I could bring my my fifty one fifty replica. I could play the song on the nineteen eighty six uh, Eddie Van Halen fifty one fifty replica. Dude, I could I could snap my fingers and call Lars, and we'll open for Metallica. I mean, we we don't have to we don't have to fuck around. Go out there and do a song like that. Those kids will go wild in the mosh pit. They will go nuts. Monoskin, we could open for Monoskin. Monoskin, Monoskin could open for us. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And whenever you're ready, I got a new riff ready to go. We could write some new songs. We got a full. Yeah, full he's got a album. whole new. He's got a whole new riff. I got to just come up with the lyrics. And then well, we'll get uh, have you heard the riff? Yeah, li listen to this. Go ahead, Noicky. This is the the riff. I'm gonna be doing like a going down to Houston, gonna make my baby high. She don't even fuck me, but I'm gonna tie it dry. She don't want That's good. That's how it's gonna work. And by the way, uh, for all Tuchus fans, our concerts will start at four in the afternoon. I say that with <laughs> peace and love. I eat dinner at five, so we go Such on for an, an hour. Usual band. Uh, yeah, you want to see us? Peace and love. You want to see us? You come at four o'clock, so I can get to bed by seven. Oh, I love my bed so much. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, you know, in nineteen sixty-four, the Boston Globe wrote about the Beatles the following: "The Beatles are not merely awful. I would consider it sacrilegious to say anything less than that they are god awful." That's the Boston Globe. They don't tell you these things, so. We're way ahead of the game. So you're not deterred by this. No. Criticism. You could say Fred was negative. You were negative. But I don't give a shit. No, I'm not negative at all. By the way, yeah, I, have yeah. an, I have another name for your band in case you don't like Tuchus. No, that's all right, Fred. Stink Floyd. Stink, Stink Floyd. Floyd. Okay. <laughs> He's just bitter. Yeah, this, is a, this is a song. Yeah. 
love Madame Musil so much, I can't take it anymore. I take my shit every morning because I've got fiber in my home. You don't even, you'll see. You'll, this is a song about Madame Musil we're going to be working on. Madame Musil, hot water and a bed. That's all I need. And no Fred. Well, I don't want to give away all our riffs. Calm down over there. This was a highly motivated band. I got some young blood in there with this no wiki. Look and at you're the only writer. You're not collaborating. Yeah. No. Uh, you with the lyrics or anything like that. And the women go crazy for me. You know, Fred used to be a young hotshot. All the women want to go to bed with him. I had to dump him. I'm too old to be up there on stage. No wiki's got the look the girls want. Well, no, like, maybe you guys shouldn't be seen for a while. You should release Tukas, but nobody knows who Tukas is. So yeah. you get the real reaction. It won't be a right. Howard yeah. Stern yeah. reaction. I think when you put yeah. it on, like, Pandora and stuff, yeah, you don't put, like, Howard Stern's Tukas. No, Tukas. That sounds funny, too, but... You Howard Stern's Tukas? Tukas, yeah. <laughs> See, this no wiki. He's bringing some youth into the band. He, he doesn't even have pubes yet, right? You haven't even actually matured. <laughs> you haven't matured. Yeah, all right. All right, get out of here now and stop sucking out the energy out of the room. Get out of here. All right, there he is. Steve Nowicki uh, and uh, and Richard Christie. Tuchus. I felt bad kicking Fred out of the band. Don't don't get me well, wrong. Well, the way all you right. say it, you were cavalier and, and unfeeling. Yeah. That's okay. I, I was, I now I know how uh, Steve Perry felt with Journey. Well, he deserved it. You didn't. <laughs> That's right. okay. I'll work on my own stuff, which... Won't be Tokus, yeah. but I'll make See it. See how work. that goes. He's going to have his own band? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Stink well, we'll see. We'll see who who does better. Between you and me, Robin, Fred was dead weight. I had to unload him. <laughs> 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 yeah. I worked with him long uh, enough. I gave him a shot. That's it. All I can say is good luck to Richard and good luck to Nowicki. <laughs> Fred knows I'm not easy to work with. Probably relieved. All right, there you go. That's uh, band news. I do want to. I want to go over a couple of things. Oh, by the way, Mark Marin will be stopping by today. Mark's, uh, of course, a very famous podcaster, but uh, more importantly, he has a comedy special from Bleak to Dark. Yeah, he so, used uh, to be a comedian. Now he still is. <laughs> oh, he's a comedian and he's an actor too. And, I know. Uh, yeah, he's popping up all over the place. HBO special, very good. I I watched, I it, watched uh, it last night. Amazing, yeah, amazing. So very uh, insightful. Go. Yeah, and now, funny. Let me tell you that. Uh, oh God, I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things, so many things. I, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people been asking me what I think about uh, Eric Andre dating uh, Emily Ratajkowski. The girl from the video with uh, Robin Thicke. The, the, what's the name of the song, Robin? You're good with that, with music. I don't remember the name of that Blurred song. Lines. Oh. Blurred Lines. There you go. This Fafa Fui. He's good, too. Anyway, um, what do I think? Listen, I have a lot of mixed emotions. I think it's... Listen, I know Eric Andre. He's been on the show many times. Uh, he's a comedian. I got to say, it's kind of nice to see a lot of these really beautiful hot sex symbols now dating, you know, comedians who aren't known for their physical beauty. 
Eric looks like a bus hit him. But, um, <laughs> and believe me, In I know. In case you were wondering. Yeah, listen, you've seen me and you've seen Eric on TV. I'm, I'm a huge Eric Andre fan, but th this guy, he's rough. And, uh, you know, so am I. I know, I know, I know what I look like. It's horrible. Stop it. So, I mean, I'm no one to cast aspersions, but the idea that Eric Andre would be fucking Emily Ratajkowski is unbelievable. Now, on Valentine's Day, Eric posted a picture of himself nude, which he loves to do because he's got a big cock. Like oh, he he's does? Got a, yeah. <laughs> it's real big. Like, he regularly on Instagram used to post pictures of his penis, uh -huh. um, which I would do, too, if I had his cock. I'm not going to put my nubbin on there. But years ago, you know, when Instagram would allow nudity, nobody was watching too closely. He always had dick pics. And uh, he didn't care. He'd be like, yeah, I'll do a bit nude. You know, like, yeah, if I had a big cock, I'd do a bit nude, too. In fact, I'd cover my face and just show you my cock. <laughs> but uh, Eric Andre posted a nude photo to Instagram. And if you zoom in, you see, uh, you go, oh, my God. You're like Eric spread eagle on a couch with a little heart over his uh, penis. But if you look in the mirror behind him, Emily Ratajkowski's in the mirror, totally nude in the room with him. And everyone is reeling from this. Nobody knows what to do. There it is, Robinson. Oh, can my see. goodness. Can you see her in the background? Yes, yes. Yeah, Eric's naked on the couch. And in the background over his head is Emily Ratajkowski naked. And, you know. I read a lot of the comments. People were like Emily, you should be with your children or your child. What are you doing? You know, people she get is. very. She's upset. with Eric. He needs a yeah. sitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess when the kid goes off to visit daddy, she, you know, can play teenager with Eric Andre and and yeah, I know. Hey, listen, there's the part of me that makes me angry that any guy is fucking Emily Ratajkowski. I wish every woman would never have sex and only want me. Don't we all? But I am impressed that some of these women are opening up to the idea. I wish they would have done it sooner. But they're opening up the idea to maybe be with a funny guy as opposed to these pretty boys. And I think this it's a good trend. This has been a slow build, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pete Davidson started it. He, he's well, like actually, the master. I don't know that it started with him. It was Who like the Saturday with? Night Live guys. Uh, started dating really beautiful actresses. Right. And Colin Jost is married to one of the most beautiful women but, in the but, world. But Colin Jost is a good looking guy. That makes sense. He's still it a, a comedian. He's no, not he's one not, of those not. guys. He's handsome. All right. If if you don't put so. him in that. Don't put him in that category of like. Maybe it Eric started Andre. with Dan Aykroyd because he got. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. A beautiful, there you go. beautiful woman. Right. Well, anyway, there you go. Uh, Eric Andre, how do I feel about it? Good for him. I mean, kind of, if you know what I mean. Boy, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a tape of him fucking Emily Ratajkowski. What the hell must be going He must Suppose be going this is all a joke. They but got together and she said, you know what? It no. would be great publicity for both of us no. if we pretended that we were going out. Don't even tell me that. <laughs> Does Don't that ruin your dream? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, whatever happened, Eric Andre? He used to, he used to beg us to come on this show, and then all of a sudden he starts fucking Emily Ratajkowski, and uh, you don't, you can't find. Well, this, this guy. is what I'm saying. We're going to lose him to this other world 
because he's afraid that yeah. this would ruin it for him. It's going to ruin his comedy because now he's going to be afraid to come on the air and tell us about Emily. You know, the old Eric Andre would come on and say, listen, took me like two nights to put my dick in her. <laughs> like, first I started making out with her. You know, like, I, I could see, like, Eric would used to come on and go, listen. You know, he would just say, yeah, I'm fucking Emily Ratajkowski. Listen, this is how it went down. Like, I knew I had to wait a week or two before we banged because I wanted to act like all sensitive and stuff and say, you know, I only want to be with people that I really connect with and all that shit. So, like, we would just make out. Maybe I'd feel her titties over her shirt. <laughs> Uh, you know, and for two weeks, like, she was probably like, wow, this is a really good guy. This is a really, really good guy. He only plays with my titties over the shirt. He's being very patient with me. Knows I'm a mom. Doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that I have a kid, even though he runs out of the room every time the kid shows up. <laughs> but uh, I guarantee you, those two are pretending like she doesn't even have a kid. Like, you know what I mean? I don't right. think they let no kid is, right. is ever seen in yeah. their scenario. When they're together, right. there's no kid. Yeah. Comedians with big dicks are the hot new accessory. It's unbelievable. Um, but you got to be, you know, pussy's a very, very powerful drug. I mean, it can cripple you. It can, like it I, can trip you up. <laughs> like Eric could be like, uh, Eric's manager calls him. Oh, Howard Stern wants you on. Talk about Emily Rodkowski. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, oh, I don't think I can do that. Wait a minute. Old... We're going to see Madonna today. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting to hang out at Madonna's apartment. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to be in her new commercial. Um, you know, the old Eric Andre would have lit Emily's apartment on fire and dumped a bucket of chicken guts on her. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and then put it on the Internet. Um, I'm handed a note. We have a picture of Eric Andre's cock. If you want to see it, Robin. Sure. I never. I've never. You like uh, that? Seen it? Beg me for it. There it is. <laughs> oh Look at my. it. Oh. Yeah. Right. Impressive. Oh, he's in that medicated pee territory. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Good for him. I wonder if he chubbed up for that picture. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. It God, Very what is uh, showy. What is he doing with that cock with Emily Ratajkowski? Good Lord. But, you know, so like, you know, the old Eric. That's come on actually it. bigger than Emily is. <laughs> yeah. She's a tiny girl. I mean, when your cock has a shadow, you know, you're fucking in your business. You know, my cock, my cock's never had a shadow. It doesn't have its own shadow. Like you shine a light on him, and and and, and there's a there's a big that's like looks like the bat signal on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean that guy's got a huge cock. Oh my! God. I was thinking like his cock looks like the the ropes they used to have you climb in gym class. Those ropes right. I couldn't climb. Yeah, that's yeah. how thick it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like you could climb up that thing. I mean, you're impressed, right, Robin? I mean, you've been around a few that, dudes. That was I was not ready for that. I thought you were making a big deal about. Nothing, but boy. Do you, um, do you, be honest with me if you can. I know it's embarrassing sometimes with this show. But when you see that picture, do you, do like, did he go up 25 points? Like, do you go, hmm, I'd like to lick no, that cock? No, you don't? It. Seriously? Seriously. You, you I, know, I, like, hmm. I, yeah, I mean, who knows if he could use it properly? Oh, stop it. Of course he can. <laughs> how, how, how bad can you fuck up if you have a cock like that? <laughs> you can never... fuck up pretty bad. 
but did you start to have a little bit of a fantasy? Like, you know, hmm. No, I don't. No. Want, again, if that thing grows more than that, that's crazy. Chris, you like Howard, that, huh? Yeah. I love it. He's definitely flaccid, by the way. There's no, mm, there's no manipulation there. And Robin's right. That's going to get a lot bigger <laughs> when it's hard. <laughs> you think you could stuff that thing in your ass, Chris? I'm not my ass. Like I would try to deep throat it, which I probably yeah, would gag. Well, but that's but what if he's a, what if he was a top? Could you handle something like that in your ass? Yeah, he'd have to work it in like very slow, like right. a lot of lube and and just sort of start with the head. I don't know. I've right. never had a cock that big. I've, I've right. had half of that in my ass, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. The guy in San Francisco who put it in your ass, Robin, without lubrication, was he as big as that? No way. He was pretty big. Yeah, like that? It probably on that uh Wow. That yeah. thick? You need you yeah, needed Oh, it and, was thick, yeah. And no lube. <laughs> no he lube. Was also incredibly good looking. <laughs> wow. Good for you, Robin. Yeah. God I got bless all you. worked up. That's why her insides got all fucked up with this cancer. I'm oh, telling you from this, from this guy. I swear to God, I'm telling you, she, she wasn't built to take something like that. She's a very delicate woman. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> Threw off her whole balance. Your ass. Yeah. She's still recovering. Uh, Imagine they found out that's why you got cancer because of that guy's big dick. Like it just like <laughs> fucked up your insides. They say, did you happen to have anal sex in San Francisco like in the 60s? There's a huge crater in the form 60s. of a penis. Good Lord. Well, you were sexualized very young, Robin. Please. By the way, if you want to see my uh, new band's artwork, Tuchas, it's on our Instagram at Stern Show. There you go. You got to admit, it's good artwork. It is good artwork. Yeah. A fucking now song has an album. Oh, that song has a hook. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's still in my head. It's my Tuchas. I'm telling you, I'm onto something this time. Well, I think I see the route you're taking. You're going the yeah, scatological route, where, you know, yep. where we, you, you know, heard some of those uh, old 30s tunes that were very mm -hmm. dirty. Yep, you got it. You know what I'm doing. You should hear my Metamucil lyrics. <laughs> I was like, how are the kids going to relate to that Metamucil? <laughs> kids, will, kids will love it. Don't worry about them. <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, yeah, no, the old, the old Eric Andre would have come in. Yeah, you know, like I knew she was a super hot chick and she could definitely, like she's got like 30 million Instagram followers. And, uh, I knew it would freak everyone out if I was with the, the chick from, um, Blurred Lines. Line. Who was totally nude and everybody wanted. So I played it real cool. Like we met at a party. I acted like, you know, I acted cool. Like I didn't want to fuck her and. We started hanging out, and then, like, when we kissed, I, like, kind of said, hey, you know, we're moving fast, and you have a child. I want to respect that. And, like, we went out to dinner a couple of times, and then the next time I just, all I did was squeeze her teddy over to, over to her. She was wearing a dress, and she even had a bra, and I didn't take her bra off. You know, like, I had to prove to her that I'm a good guy, because, like, other guys have really shit on her, and her husband cheated, and, allegedly. I don't know, that's what I read in Daily Mail. And then it was like, and then she told me, like, she felt really safe with me. So, like, I just fingered her. 
You know what I mean? Like I probably could have fucked her and I just, and like was kind of hot because I just fingered her for like a week. You know, we didn't go any further than that. She gave me a couple of hand jobs. Now she didn't even blow me. Like I told her, I think, I just think we should go slow. And then after like a month, finally, you know, like I, like she was so into it. And then I, you know, try to put my big cock inside of her and first it wouldn't even fit. So <laughs> tiny, you know, so like I just, I just put the head in, like I just worked the head and she was like, no, put it all in. And I mean, I tried, she started crying. So I was like, okay, <laughs> pull it out. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, like that's that I want Eric to come in and tell me the whole thing. Well, you're going like, to have to wait until it's over. That's what yeah, I, I guess. I, I th but I think Eric's like now trying to be a gentleman and like he realizes he wants to get on that role like Pete Davidson. And if you start yeah, giving too many Pete's graphic not talking anymore. Right. And if you give too many graphic details, that dries it all up. Like women. That's will be right. Like, yeah. he, Pete learned he brought Ariana Grande in here and she. She oh my God! Stop running! <laughs> no, no, she wouldn't even come on the air. And... <laughs> yeah, but I, I was hoping Eric would be different, like, because I feel he owes us a little bit. I, not that he owes us; he's a super talented guy and a nice guy. No, he got Emily on his own. We didn't get yeah, that for him. Yeah, but I felt like you know, like we've always been there for him, and we were I big know, supporters, I you know, know, early on when people were dumping on him. We always said, you know, the show. But I see awesome. it all the time. These guys dump yeah. us when they get the hot women. Yeah, they start to think they're a little too big. <laughs> Eric Andre, Emily Radichowski, Radichowski. And uh, we knew that penis before it was famous when we were doing prostate karaoke with Eric. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's my man. And we proposed I mean, something to him not too long ago. It was one of those Richard and Sal stunts. And he said no. He you said yes at first. Yeah, then then he checked with his hot chicks, and they were like, "That's uh -oh. right." Yeah. I All miss, of a sudden, miss... he had a scheduling conflict. <laughs> I want Eric to come in here and be the old Eric Andre. Tell me about dating Emily. <laughs> yeah, man, it was like, uh, yeah, my cock it's so big that, like, you know, and she's really she only weighs like ninety five pounds. So, like, uh, when I first put it in. I got it like, you know, I got it a little past the head. And then it was weird, though. The whole rest of the night, she had to sit on ice. Like, I had to buy a block <laughs> of ice to, 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 to cool her cooch down. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, can you picture her? Like, she's just like sitting, rocking back and forth on the ice. With How pussy. did she ever leave him? Who's she going to find yeah. to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> But I finally, like, 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 I think it took me, um, three weeks to work my full cock into her. <laughs> and, and in a way, I'm afraid she's going to dump me because I don't think she's actually enjoying, you know, you would think she'd really enjoy my big cock, but I don't think she can handle it. I got to find somebody with bigger hips, <laughs> like, like, a, like a, someone built more like, uh, I don't know, uh, More, more feminine, more thick down there. Womanly. More bigger labias. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be a good interview. Oh, give me that interview. Please. Come on, Eric. <laughs> 
It'll be the ultimate. How long bit. do you think he'll be out there before he comes back? I don't know. I don't know. You know what happened? We we always promoted Eric his movies. I loved his uh, movie that he did. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, you'd think he'd come in and at least let me smell his finger. <laughs> at least, at the very least, let me smell his finger. After like a you know. After a night with Emily Ratajkowski. That's a bro thing you do. That's what you do. I don't know who his bros are. I don't know who he hangs with, but I guarantee somebody smelled that finger. <laughs> you know that. You know that, Robin. Oh, How many guys I know are... that he's sharing the real goods with somebody. Just well, that's us. right. He couldn't I remember Rob... that in. Robin was dating a guy. He comes to me, he goes, you want to smell my finger? I go, dude, I work with Robin. You're supposed to go to your bros, not me. I told Robin. She broke up with this guy the next night. That was it. That was it. It was over. That's right. It, it just can't be on the on satellite or TV. Yeah. Can't say it here. I mean, he, if the, the very least, after all the promotion I gave him, he should let me sniff his balls. <laughs> He should Probably. send you that thing that's over his penis in that picture, that heart. Yeah, thing. yeah. you should be sending me that Valentine little heart. <laughs> let me sniff that. I bet you he let Johnny Knoxville smell his finger. Uh, uh, you know, he probably tight, ran yeah. to the jackass guys, yeah. And said, hey, dudes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people run to those jackass guys after they finger a girl. <laughs> and you know what's the greatest thing about Eric Andre fucking Emily Ratajkowski? And I hate to be so blunt, but it is the what? truth, and you know it, and you know I'm speaking the truth. I don't lie. Eric fucked his way to the front row of the Knicks games. Like, he used to be third row at best. In fact, not I, even third row. I, not even third row. Uh, uh, what's his name who sits in the third row? J.B. Smooth. J.B. Smooth. J.B. Smooth. Looks back, has to crane his neck to see Eric Andre at the <laughs> Nick game. And all of a sudden, Eric Andre's fucking Emily Ratajkowski. Front row of the Nick games. That's right. And he, he, I guarantee you, he can't even spell her last name yet. And he's already in the front row of the Nick games. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm lying. I'm not you. lying. This is a huge career move for him. Yep. You know when all of a sudden you're sitting front row at the Nick game, when you used to be 10th row. I mean, my God. Fans used to, to turn around and crane their neck and go, all the way in the back there. Is that Eric Andre? <laughs> Isn't he a, doesn't he have a TV show or something? And boom, they moved him right up to front row. It's like Pretty Woman. That's the move. That's what it can do for you. Eric Andre. Chick. Yes. You know, he's got a good career, but he's struggling a little bit. He's kind of not, you know, on the A-list. Starts fucking Emily Ratajkowski, works slowly into her, you know, the big cock. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, like pretty woman. He's now he's, you know, being flying on helicopters. He's front row at the Nick game. Good for him. But you got to be a little, uh, you got to be a little jealous, sure. I mean, God knows what's going on. Like, is he, are they fucking nonstop? What is, God, well, I need to know. And you know what's even funnier if you're following this story? The last time Emily Ratajkowski was sitting outside, sitting, you know, courtside at an NBA game, 
She was with Pete Davidson. That's right. Every time she gets a new comedian, she goes courtside with him. That's the sign that it's really going this somewhere. Is, we're public now. This is yeah. real. Yes. They're probably fucking right now. And Eric, you should call me while you guys are fucking so I could hear it. <laughs> that would be an exclusive and that would be very Eric Andre. You know, Eric's the wild man. Ooh, he'll I do anything. I think he's forgotten every, uh, yeah. he's not thinking about the audience right now. He's not thinking about no. anything. Crazy. Yeah, but the guys gave me the pictures and I was like, whoa, he's laying there naked and in the mirror is a very nude Emily Ratajkowski. And good for him, you know. Listen, he's that a good guy. might we, be a bad move. I'm not sure about that move for for the move? longevity of this relationship. Nobody's looking long term in this relationship. <laughs> She's got you a kid. Eric's Emily's not looking for that. Look, not looking long term. No. no, no. I think she might. Eric ain't looking long term. He's on a roll. <laughs> he ain't stopping with her. But I'll know when. Um, I'll know when Emily Ratajkowski's really committed. To this uh, ugly comedian thing. Well, when, if she starts dating Jeff Ross, then, you know, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> me, me, Jeff, and uh, Eric Andre, Pete Davidson. You know, listen, we ain't in the pretty boy category. I know that. Yeah, Jeff has never done this, has he? It's his turn. Jeff Ross should be dating. He's a funny man. How cool would it be we tune in the nickname Angelina Jolie and Jeff Ross? Like this whole this whole trend, it's going big. You know what I mean? You know, all of a sudden it's like um, I don't Forget know. Get uh, rock stars. Yeah, we're into funny men. It'd be like a Jenna Ortega and Gallagher too. You know what I mean? It'll <laughs> <laughs> be awesome. Uh, it'd be awesome, Robin. You wouldn't believe it. That's right. But it's a I, whole I can't movement. Can't wait it's, for you know the combinations that we're going to see in the future. Emily wore a tiny white bra. It's called a bralette with low-rise pants and a tan leather coat to the Knicks game with Eric Andre. So there you go. Can you a picture that? I can. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michelle, you're on the air in Indiana. What can I do for you? Hey now. Hey now. Hello. On the topic of hot chicks that you're into, are you still following Olivia Jade? Oh, I just... Kim Kardashian is dating Carrot Top? I didn't know this. What? <laughs> no, I'm not... Okay. Uh, anyway, Michelle, uh, Olivia Jade, yes. Uh, look, I know the kid, uh, you know, try to... Uh, the parents bought their way, bought her way into college, all that stuff. It's a scandal, but uh, I have watched Olivia Jade... Uh, she was doing, what was she doing? I think she did a makeup seminar and I think she was trying on outfits. I watched. I think she's trying to help uncancel her mom too. So there's, yeah. so she's doing little clips with her. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're acting like nothing happened. Like right. the scandal. Yeah, like, you know what? It's time for you guys to all move on. But I love it. I love well, uh, Olivia Jade. I mean, she gets like maybe a hundred thousand views. So she, that's no longer a lucrative, that was income for mm. her. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, she her parents business. fucked, yeah. her parents fucked her so bad. I don't even know why she's living home anymore. I, you know, Olivia Jade, she had a $2 million a year business. Yep. 
broadcast, you know, on YouTube to these little fuckers. Like, here, girls, you know, wear this outfit. Here's me at college. Here's me running around. She didn't need, she didn't need her parents college to buy her way to go. College was not something she needed, right. Far as I could tell, Lori Laughlin wasn't making $2 million a year. She fucked her daughter's <laughs> business up. I'd be, I'd be furious. Are you kidding? If, imagine when I was in high school, somehow I, I, I conned my way, well, not conned, but I, I somehow finagled a way to make $2 million a year. And then my parents buy my way into college. And I'm like, you two fucking maniacs. Wanted way, Joe. I had a $2 million a year business on Instagram. Little assholes were watching me and now I can't, now I'm a, I'm, I'm a pariah. We tried to, we tried to help you. We tried to get you into college. I don't need fucking college. You needed college. Listen, what were you going to do? You think that $2 million a year, you're going to keep that going? Yeah, I'm going to keep that going. I'm going to well, keep it going as long as I can. Her dilemma, Howard, uh, abandon your parents and blame them for the whole thing or, or try to be a family and get through it. I would have taken my two parents and thrown them right in jail. They <laughs> fucked my $2 million a year business up. Are you kidding? And I'd throw the key away. I wouldn't sit there with them. I mean, this kid, because this kid that got I fucked. think was her, her, uh, mistake. She yep. she sort of seemed like it was you know she knew that they had spent all that money to get her in. Are you college. kidding? When I was in high school, and I was if I was making two million dollars, if I was making twenty dollars a year, when I was in high school, <laughs> I would have been happy. But if I was making two million dollars a year in high school, my parents fucked it up. <laughs> I I would first of all I would have gone right on my Instagram and gone like this. Listen, those two assholes. I don't know what they're up to. They want me to go to UCLA. Fuck them. I'm gonna I'm gonna testify against them in court. <laughs> Don't you stop following me. I'm not in on this. This is bullshit. I mean, they say my mother's famous. I she hasn't left. I don't know what she does. She did Full House <laughs> 500 years ago in a couple of Hallmark movies. I mean, what am I? What? 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 I'm making two million a year. I disown them. Oh, I would have turned my parents in. Well, there's a, there's a new Olivia Jade on TikTok, Alex Earl. Have you heard of her? No. She hot? You, yeah. You would, uh, Hotter you than would, Olivia Jade? Yes. Let me look She's her up. She's a senior at University of Miami. She has over 5 million followers. Her job is to mm. be hot and film videos of her putting on makeup and going like she went to the Super Bowl for free. Like, But I'll type it hot. in. What's her name again? Alex. Alex. She spells it A-L-I-X. Oh, that's cute. A-L-I-X is cute. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Alex Earl. Alex Ashley Earl. Oh, yeah. She's your type. What does she, does she get make? Oh, my God. You're kidding me. <laughs> He's going to be following her later today. I'm going to hit well, follow. I don't think you're a TikTok, though, so it would take some effort. Oh, I got her on Instagram. Is she married? Because oh, she's go. wearing a wedding dress in this thing. She's married. No. What? No. That's not yeah. her. She's not it married. It says Alex Earl, Miami, Florida. She's not married. She's wearing a wedding dress. Maybe she's, <laughs> she's getting probably, married. She probably has like a PR thing for some bridal shop because they pay her a million dollars to wear it. <laughs> she's not married. 
What does she do beside look hot? I mean, does she do, do she's a anything? Senior in college, University of Miami. So she's a Miami yeah. party girl, right? And she right. does all these get ready with me's, which is like oh, that I like. I love get yeah. ready. That's with your me's. favorite. Yeah. Get ready. That's my favorite. Um, <laughs> what, like the girl, like. I, I watch a lot of those where girls like um, they start out like just in panties and then they get dressed. Yeah. Yeah. I love and that. And they do their hair and makeup and the whole thing. Yeah. I'm thinking of doing a get ready with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see how many people throw up. Uh, yeah. When. Uh, wow. Yeah. She's pretty hot. And she's kind of like stripper hot. Like she's not. She thinks she's hotter than she is. She's not that hot. You know what I mean? I just pulled up her Insta. And these these really do not do her justice because the, these are just photos, right? And if you do the get ready with me and you just see how naturally pretty she is. And then so when she applies her makeup, she's like even like 10 or 100 times hotter. And she's just so like she seems cool. Hmm. How old are you? What is she doing? (laughs) She's up to the same shit I am, wasting her life. (laughs) I I can't believe how much time I wait watching uh, Get Ready With Me's. So do do I have to sign up for TikTok to see the Get Ready With Me's? um, Hopefully, if you have to create an account, you can mm, be alert. Sounds like a lot of work. I I could have my assistant do that so I don't look so (laughs) pervy. I'm a little old to be setting up an account so I can follow this chick. I can email you clips and your guys can follow it on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can try to make it easier for you because, like. J.D., do you follow this chick? Because uh, how do you follow her? I don't. I mean, <clears throat> this is the first I've heard of her, but uh, I'm looking her up. And I think she's I think she's hotter than Olivia Jade. Personally. Oh, yeah, she definitely is. If I had a choice between yes. following her or Olivia Jade, you I could only but follow I, one. You'd have to choose. Her. Yes, I might. But I haven't seen her get ready for me's yet. But I'm right. I'm pretty excited about it. I I have always watched Olivia Jade getting ready, you know, get ready for me. Right. Like she'll try on different <laughs> outfits and, and uh, you know, do makeup and all that. Yeah. Well, did you hear yeah. about her makeup? sent a bunch of those hot influencers to Dubai. So she was part of <laughs> that. that sounds trip. about right. <laughs> yes. She was part of yeah. that trip. And you're like, how, why wasn't I born hot? Because it's like the world just gives you, the world is your oyster. Like it's, it's insane. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. You it, get a shake taking you to Dubai and maybe you'll never be seen again. <laughs> No, I talk, you know, like, 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 I, I, moms and stuff, you know, so it seems legit, but yeah. I, I talked to my wife about some of the opportunities she's had just from being hot. Right. And it's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but there's also a lot of danger out there. There's all kinds oh of things. Oh my God. Things. She has real horror stories. If she yeah. ever wrote a book, you would fucking die. I mean, it's unbelievable, but the payoff is, you know, you go to the magazine stand to buy a few magazines and some candy, and the guy won't even let you pay. Uh, she got. Yeah, did, I never well, did. I tell you the story. <laughs> my, my wife, you know, back when she was modeling in uh, Europe and uh, other countries, and she got to fly a plane. Did I tell you that story? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she's always yeah. being invited to the cockpit. <laughs> she, well, it, like she's sitting on a plane, and all of a sudden the stewardess comes up and says. Um, would you mind coming up to the cockpit? And you know why they call it cockpit. <laughs> so anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So she was like, sure. 
And and she goes up and the pilot goes, hi, would you like to fly the plane? And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, here, just sit on my lap and uh, fly the plane. And next thing you know, she's sitting on this guy's lap flying the plane. I go, are you, you mean, what do you mean flying? She goes, I'm working the steering wheel. Uh, he's telling me what to do. I go, and he's out of a boner. She goes, no, no, no. He, he didn't, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> of course he did. Of course. Yeah. She, when I met her, she didn't even know stores charged money. She thought everything was given away for free. <laughs> she was like, how do stores make money? They don't seem to ever charge. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And I swear the plain story is true. You're right. Hot chicks have it made. And you know what? Oh. who else has it made? Hot dudes. Look, look. I knew a guy right. who you was really, I knew that. a guy, I knew a guy who was look really good looking. Look at the end looking. of the story. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Alex Earl. So, J.D., how do I follow her? I don't want to look like a douche by having my name I up mean, there. I mean, I can, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you don't All right, I got a job for you. From now on, you get a TikTok account and you somehow <laughs> forward me. All the good ones. Oh, you know what? I can send you the link, and then you're able to. You should be able. Like, I'm not logged into TikTok on the website. You can go to her web, this TikTok on her thing, and all these videos are here that you can watch. So, JD, there's Look also out. that function where you can save the videos, and then you. Can oh, I don't know how to do all that. It, it, you just push. A button. I should fire. I should fire JD and hire Michelle. <laughs> where do you live? I what? live in uh, Podunk, Indiana. So oh. I, I can, would you like a career I, in radio? <laughs> I would love a career in radio. However, I could be an intern. I don't ex expect to be paid. I could send the video clips to JD. And uh, could, oh, wait a second! This is crazy. If this is true, JD, uh, wait till you hear this. I think Alex I know what you're Earl <laughs> is the daughter of Ashley Dupree. Stepmom. That's her stepmom. Oh, her stepmom. Oh, okay. Have you heard yeah. about the, that's the, a stepmom part I would watch. <laughs> right. But you're have telling you heard... me. Okay, go ahead. Uh, here's the fantasy. I'm taking Robin. off the uh, off <laughs> the subject. No, don't don't get off the subject. Don't digress. You know that. <laughs> um, you're telling me that hot chick, her stepmother's Ashley Dupree from yes. the Elliot Spitzer scandal. You're telling me that hot girl goes into a room with Ashley Dupree, who JD you were fucking in love with. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and didn't you date her? Like we put you on a date, date with her? <laughs> I think Very, you quote her unquote now. date. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, stalking <laughs> date, whatever you want to call it. Uh, sure. But you're but right. you're right. I just looked at her Instagram. I think she freaking did get married. What a mistake! She's married. Like yeah, well, then I'm not going to follow her. Yeah. <laughs> I told Why? you. Hey, wait, Ralph seems to know something. What do you know, Ralph? Ralph. Uh, dude, dude, swipe through. She married some fat guy. It's really right. weird. See, I told oh you she's God. married. Like, a swipe through, dude. Happened. It's like, it's like, yeah, what? I don't want to follow her. I'm going to stick with Olivia Jade. I'm sticking yeah, see, with Olivia I Jade. I was asked, oh, I yeah. was going to ask about this gymnast. Have you heard about this gymnast with millions of followers? Yeah, she's a I like college her. student, yeah, and yeah. they had to hire security for her. Yeah, she's hot. What's her name, Robin? I don't remember her name, but oh, uh, you know. Robin. Yeah, like, what? Like, I don't do research on these things. I get, I get it from the news. This gymnast is so hot that whenever she has like a meet or something, thousands of young dudes show up yeah. and they stand outside like chanting her name, which, dude, if you're out there up. chanting a girl's name, you're never going to get her. Uh, Olivia, but, Olivia Dunn. 
Olivia Dunn. Security, yeah. Yeah. She, so the, now, now at every stupid gymnast meet, they got to have like tons of security. To keep the school safe. is running out of money for security. No. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of horny guys show up. <laughs> I might join the alumni association so we can keep her in security guards. I might make a donation <laughs> for her hot gym meets. Yeah, she's pretty hot. Instagram. Yeah, I'm not into. Uh, I, I you just kind of Alex Earl just lost me because uh, you know she's married. You want a fantasy want... that she's single? Is that right. the lore? Okay. Yeah, Dude, yeah. She's on, yeah. She's on Instagram. The gymnast. What's her name again? L- Livy Dunn. L i v v y d u n n e. Yeah, L-S-U I'll look gymnast. her up. Yeah, she's. I like this uh, Alex Earl, but. Her and a fat husband. No, no, no. Is he fat? <laughs> I don't know. I mean. See, that's the thing. She keeps him on the down low because I've, the only reason Smart. I, yeah, and this literally just happened. These are posts from January. So, Whatever. this other chick's hotter. Living there's a, way hotter. Really? I see, I see, get ready with me He's to get married. <laughs> oh, God. Livy Dunn. Let me that. see. Yeah, she's, she's hotter than all of them. But she's yeah. probably tiny. A lot of those gymnasts are well, like this. Well, she's yeah. wrong with that. That's but wow. she does all these Holy videos shit. where she's moving around and do you know doing splits and you know all this. Yeah, stuff I don't and like little that. skimpy outfits. I don't, because I don't she like has splits. I don't, flexibility. I don't like splits. I, I don't like splits. Like like like. I see sometimes these girls at strip clubs who are really good on the pole and they start yeah. doing like gymnastics and I'm like, honey, <laughs> I'm not so tipping annoying. you. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like. I don't want to see that. Yeah, just you take your clothes off. I don't want to see her routine. Uh, I'm yes, sorry God. to interrupt you. Um, you it sure? looks like the Alex Earl marriage was is not a real wedding. It was a frat, what they call a frat wedding, oh. where they all get dressed up there and they pretend go. like they're getting oh, that's married. Even more oh, okay. Annoying. That's even more oh, you're annoying. Back. Tell her you're go back away. with her again. I'm unmarried. It was all Howard, for content, I'm, Howard. You're you're good now. Yeah, Howard. I'm gonna send. Jason's gonna put up this TikTok I just found of Alex. She looks fucking hot in a bikini. <laughs> Her stomach is like she has. I saw abs. that. I I just I just was on Instagram. I saw that. She's hot. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Let me she's see. Dancing around. Holy shit. Let me see. Oh yeah. Oh my boy. <laughs> well, she must work out. <laughs> her and her hot friends. Her hot friends yeah. are hot too. Yes, she's the, she's the typical hot chick that. Like I don't know her backstory. Hot chick, but, but imagine yeah. you're her. Imagine you're her father, and like you know, you're yeah. on the one hand this you're, you're happy. On you're the internet. <laughs> on the one hand you're happy your little girl's making money, and on the other hand you're like, oh fuck, like like I'm I'm paying for University of Miami, and look what's going on. <laughs> I doubt she's been to class in like you know in a year. Probably she doesn't, out. She doesn't need to go now. <laughs> yeah, like, what is she studying at University of Miami? That girl. Being Isn't hot? it crazy how these girls can like they that two three million followers just because they're hot? hot. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Five million. Well, like I spent my entire career yeah. trying to accumulate listeners. You know that I'm in the game, and uh, I go to these radio stations. And you know, if you you know at one point maybe you know. If you could say you had a million listeners or, or or three million listeners, you were a god in radio. These kids, they just get in a bikini. They got 25 million followers. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. The whole world has changed. Yeah, boom. It's like way more important than any radio asshole. Look at her giant I mean, tits. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the dancing video I just watched has 4.9 million views. 
Oh, I'm like, my. I don't think. No as shit. funny as I may have been in my life, I don't think I got four point nine million views. Send that to me, you know what? Quickly, oh, send it to Ralph. Hotness uh, rules the world, guys. That's what you're learning this morning. If you're hot, well, and it, like yeah. Michelle just said, Michelle, are you hot? Maybe we could turn you into something. Yeah. What do you got I'm, going on? I'm I'm average. I'm, mm, I'm sorry. all right. You know, I'm all right. All we got to hang up. We got to go, Michelle. <laughs> See you later. How many followers <laughs> do you have? Uh, you won't even uh, let her bring you hot videos. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as slender as you like your women, Howard. That's so. That's the thing. What do you weigh, Michelle? Uh oh. Oh God. Okay, so I am five eight, and I am one sixty. Yeah. Oh, not, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I really do have to be going. Take yeah. care. What's up next, Howard? <laughs> You're a very lovely that woman. Good luck. This is so rude. That girl no, no, gave Michelle, you a great tip. Michelle, um, I don't think you'll be flying any planes soon. No, I'm not going to be getting free trips to Dubai because you I'm You know, not. she's got a great personality. Uh, yeah, you do. You do. She's she lovely. To. You are lovely. Hey, I had to make Stop up for my. Yeah, Michelle, my um, lack of a flat stomach. I had to make up for it. So. Michelle, no, listen, I think you're terrific. And you know what? Uh, you just call me back when you weigh 105 pounds, okay? Hey, uh, All right. what's the diet? I need to eat jelly beans and that's it, right? Jelly so. beans. Lock you're yourself gonna... in a room and don't, you don't need come je- out until you're 105. <laughs> you don't need jelly beans. You need magic beans. Right? Right? <laughs> no, you're hot. You know why you're hot? Because I, I love talking to you. That's hot, too. You know what I mean? Oh, Let's Howard, put I, I've adored down. you. Yeah, I've adored yeah. you for a long time. And you're, I think you're, you're beautiful. I think you're Aww. beautiful. And I got some advice. Go inside, live. I know. Go, yeah. <laughs> go somewhere where there's a famine. Where's a good place, Robin? Uh, the, the <laughs> Go, go, what's the TV show? Survivor. Go Survivor. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Right now, Turkey's the place for, you know, that kind of spa. There you yeah. go. All right. Thank so you. Thank my, you. In my world, I'm good looking, but in your you world. You are good looking. No, my world. Believe me, I'm a big mess. Uh, I have no right to say anything. Thank you. All I know is I'm watching this girl dance, and it's so fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, the content I, I, on TikTok is way superior to um, Instagram. So get JD I'll on st- it. Um, no, JD, it's just not. get it's some- China owned. You know what? I'm going to send you the link to her TikTok, and you should be able to see it. You don't oh, have, okay, to have an good. account. But, uh, no, yeah, I don't know when she has time to go to school because I see videos, you know, she was at the Super Bowl. She's, she was in LA. She's in the Bahamas. She's in Dubai. She's on tour and she has no New York. University of Miami. What, 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 what what do you need to get in there? I mean, uh. Tits, apparently. (laughs) Tits. Fake, fake ones. Uh, fill out, do you have tits? Yes. Okay, you're in. Uh, Wyoming, she's all over uh, the place. And, and you're telling me, she, no, you're telling friend. me, you're telling me she shows up to class. <laughs> Bullshit. Personal appearance, they have to pay her to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine how twisted her view of the world is? And oh my god, going to school. And, oh my she's god, got, got millions of followers. Yeah. What do you major? What do you major in? Oh, in, in getting my pussy waxed. <laughs> Uh, you mean they have? Yeah, yeah, they have uh, classes in that at the University of Miami. It's funny. You uh, see her friends. Her her friends are not quite as hot. I mean, they're cute and all, but no, she's they're hot. Like she's the queen bee. Yeah. Well, 
they flew her to the Super Bowl for free. <laughs> I guess. Like, they got to party all Super Bowl weekend and make content. Can you imagine? Like, I want, How is that yeah, possible? Like, he doesn't want that life. Look at poor Richard. He couldn't get to the Super Bowl without you getting him the ticket. <laughs> I know. He's I mean, a Beryl fan. Like, wouldn't you? You see, the thing that would be interesting to me is to interview her and say, Tell me exactly how you got to Super Bowl. Like, like, how does that work? Like, I remember yeah. when I was at Boston University, I had a cram all weekend in order to pass. And like, I had a, I had a full load of classes. <laughs> like, like, how did you like just pick up and go to Super Bowl for the weekend and then sort of come back and get right back? Oh, oh, excuse me. Um, I've got to get to organic, organic chemistry class. I might have to leave the Super Bowl early. No, I didn't, oh, I don't please. think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Howard, uh, what is it, JD? Day, do you Are know we... they invited, uh, Kim Kardashian to Harvard to talk mm. to their students? It's the end of social days. media. It's the end of <laughs> days. <laughs> I'm going, JD. JD. This video. She did do a video of like a day in their life of going to class or whatever. You got to see how, yeah. she, how, how hot she looks going to class. Yeah, it's see. ridiculous. Play that. Waking up. Yeah. Don't you need Wait, to look, look, oh at that, look at that outfit. She's wearing a <laughs> oh, belly shirt. Outfit. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and she, you could see total vagina and asshole in those yeah. pants. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah, she's pretty odd. <laughs> She's Imagine. totally your type, though. Like, yeah, you would love getting her hair done. Yeah, getting her hair done, eating a wrap, getting when getting tinfoil in her hair. She's got tinfoil in her hair still. They show one class. <laughs> By the way, is she is she injecting her lips with um? Oh, like yeah. Lip? yeah, I think there's something. I did I did see one video saying uh, before Botox, so. I think mm. she might be because she looks kind of like she's a thirty-five-year-old woman into some of those. Did you see the beginning where she's waking up? She's doing a little acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I just woke up. I didn't know yeah. the camera was here. Yeah, I know. All right, think, enough about hot chicks. I'm, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like you want to hear funny tape? You want to hear funny tape? Yes. Hey guys, you got that tape of, uh, oh, here it is. This is that gymnast who's real hot and they have to hire security guards for all the gym meets. Livy. Uh, this is, this is going, this is fans going crazy for her, just like a gym meet at the college. Here yeah. You go. <laughs> That's a bunch of dudes. Beatlemania. <laughs> can't imagine Michelle, that ending well ever. Michelle, can you imagine being a super hot chick and guy screaming like that? I, in my dreams, yeah. Nah. yeah. It's like, really? no, Come on, I'm alright, Howard. I, I'm trying that. to be self-deprecating. I'm okay, but I'm not like supermodel thin, so um, but it's just, Send me a picture. I mean, I'm, I mean uh, let me see you. Okay, how do I do that? Hmm. She can give you everything about that Alex girl, but she can't figure out how to send you a picture of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who do you want me to send it to, Robin? Uh, Come on, Jason. Robin, what should uh, Michelle woman. do? Is uh, there a... on hold for one second, and I'll get. All right, let email. me put you on hold so we can get your uh, information. Hold on, Michelle, yeah. and then I'll then I'll put you back on. Hey, let me see what's doing with Michelle. Maybe, maybe she, she just hot. needs a little help. Maybe, you know, growing her hair. A little help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give her a makeover. A little makeover. Yeah. Get get her get her on that Robin weight loss program. <laughs> yeah, the starvation program where you don't eat? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, eat, eat That's what I said. Day. Lock yourself in a room. 
Mm. I tell you, Robin foxed herself up. You should <laughs> exactly. see he's walking around in these outfits. <laughs> like a skinny girl now. My father used to tell me that you go, you want to lose weight to, to tie a belt around your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michelle, you, you took care of it? No, he gave me his email and I'm emailing him the photos right now. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What are you wearing in the photos so I can prepare, prepare myself? Well, what are you getting ready for? <laughs> brace yourself. Yeah. yeah. Let me brace myself. Oh, God. The, 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 uh, you got a bathing suit oh. shot? Oh, come on now. Hold on. Mm. Yeah. What kind of season? What, what, Ralph, shut up. Let me handle this. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, Ralph, uh, I heard Ralph's Ralph, going uh, on your what? diet. He's going on your diet. He's doing the same well, thing. Well, I told doing. he's not going on my diet. He's going not exactly. On, I do something no. similar, but yeah, yeah, you lose weight. It's great. You just uh, and you eat a lot of stuff. Good stuff. Eggs. Bacon. All right, be quiet. Michelle, did you get me the picture? I sent uh, one picture. I'm working on more. What are you wearing in the picture? You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> All right. A parka. I know I have to you with a feather, too. Robin's Howard. not a woman's woman, though, that's for sure. All right, let me uh, give me this picture already. I got to move on. I, there's a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to do before Mark Marin came in and Hold on a sec. Oh, here it is. Way late. Oh, oh you're cute. Cutie. You're very cute. What are you talking about, Michelle? Calm down. You're cutie. Well, look I'm, at no, what she's Ralph. wearing, Howard. Yeah, she's wearing a uh, Helen Rose shirt that I painted. Yeah. Now oh, you're a cutie. What are you talking about? Uh, All right, I had enough of this. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> you were talking yourself down. You're uh, cute. Yeah, you're cute, Ralph. You're okay. cute too. Goodbye. All right, Thank you. bye everybody. I, I will say, as of November, it looks like as of November twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, Alex Earl does have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in a video shirtless. <laughs> he's in no, a what? Broke up. Oh, he's not oh, a bad okay. guy. Oh, there you go, John. <laughs> he's in a what? He was shirtless. They were getting ready for a oh. wedding, and he's you know walking around all shirtless. You know who's got a girlfriend? Who? This is unbelievable. I should play you this tape next. <laughs> I'll take a little break, and then when we come back, I'm going to play you. Jeff the Vomit guy has Get a girlfriend. Yep, for that real. Is not possible. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm going to play you some tape when we get back. Oh, my. And uh, it's pretty shocking stuff. I was telling you, this, this is just kind of whack pack news. I know everybody loves the whack pack, and... Let's face it, over the years, the WAC Pack has been dying off. Uh, we've lost a lot of great members. I'm not going to go through the list. You know it. But uh, Jeff the Vomit guy still around. And it was Valentine's Day yesterday, and Valentine's Day is all about romance. So I figured you'd want to hear about Jeff the Vomit's unusual love story. I would By the way, love to. <laughs> I know, Robin, you're probably wondering if I had uh, sexual intercourse uh, uh, on Valentine's Day. I yes. did not. My beautiful wife uh, had her period. This is what she's telling me. So I, I got aced out. Didn't get it. <laughs> you know, I'm a big Valentine's Day sex You're Mr. Maniac. Romance, yeah. I am, yeah. But, uh, yeah, she had that time of the month, if you want to call it. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, you get back to it. 
you know, I'll it's just delayed. It. It's delayed. Yeah. Yeah, I always say to her, is that thing over with yet? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, you got to wait. I've dated girls who, they don't care. They'll let you, woo, go right in. The period, everything. They don't care. Well, you know, it's different for different people. I got burned once. What do you I mean? Once went, I went down on a girl. She didn't know she was having a period. And oh, man, I looked in the mirror. I had that whole, I had my you red had wings. You had your red wings? <laughs> I had my red wings. It happened to me. It did. And oh, I was like, my. oh, fuck, that is nasty. You're not even in a biker gang. No. Jesus. <laughs> it really did happen to me. And you know me. I'm like, hey, vey, I hope I, you know, I'm a germ phobic, but not when it comes to that. Suddenly that all goes out the window. I know. But, That's why I yeah. know it's not real. Yeah. I was like, I must be, re first I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I must be really bad at this. This girl looks like she's bleeding. And then I realized. <laughs> Maybe That's I terrible. maybe I whip my tongue around a little too rapidly on that thing. Whatever that is. I never know where anything is on the toe. I just lap the whole area. <laughs> Make sure you get all You don't, I don't zero overlook in on anything. You just go no. for the whole no. thing. No. <laughs> no. When I hear ouch, I know I've gone too far. <laughs> I just start licking. I lick from the knee to the belly button. And uh, <laughs> if I hit something good, so be it. If not, we go on to the next thing. You know, there's only so many things you can do to a woman, you know, to, to sort of prove you're in love and that you're good at it. And blah, 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 blah. You know, so you go through the whole repertoire. Little kissing, <clears throat> play with the tits, don't play with it too much. Well, let me ask you something. You know. So when you're first with a woman, you try the whole repertoire, right? You try to do everything yeah. you know no. to do. What do you do it's with a, the first time? You mean the first time you're allowed, you're given a green light to go all the way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah, you go through your repertoire. Sure. Yeah. And then you do what everything. do you cut out once you know, okay, this is Everything solid. but putting your penis in. <laughs> <laughs> you go right to the main event. <laughs> the main event uh yeah you know when you first are doing it you try everything to see what a woman likes you, you kiss and you play with the boobs and then you put your finger in there you maybe put a second <laughs> finger in there whatever you know and you rattle your finger around in there i don't know you try to hook it up they say that's where the g-spot you know you try right, everything. right you try everything yeah you see what everyone likes and then you know lick a little bit not too long you know you read all the you read all the books you know don't lick too long, lick, but don't lick too long. Then they get aggravated with you. Blah, 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 blah. I was never one of these guys that lick your asshole. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you want to be with me? I don't roll that. with that. No, no. I don't get that carried away. It's not for me. It's not in my repertoire. But I will lick you if you, if you desire it. If that's your thing, I'll do it. Now, you know, listen, who knows what I would be, but, uh, you know. My wife and I have our routine. But, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, when you first meet someone, you got to try everything. I see. You know, for years when I was a young man, I put my finger in, I'd come in my pants, I'd be done. I wouldn't even get through my <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, never mind my love. That's right, my, yeah. never, never mind my Valentine's Day, Robin. 
Uh, Valentine's Day is about romance, and we're here to talk about Jeff the Vomit Guy. Everyone knows, I believe, that Jeff the Vomit Guy is the grossest of all. I've always found him particularly gross. He's a self-proclaimed vomit lover. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's not a shtick. It's real. He gets turned on by watching women puke. He loves when they puke on him. Uh, this is pretty intense. Here's a clip of a woman vomiting on Jeff in our studio from 2004. Here it is. Uh, this uh, this really happened. Oh, no. Can you believe the FCC would uh, fine us for things like this? They're so uptight. They didn't even fine us for this. <laughs> no, that's that's even more insulting. I wrote them a letter. I go, aren't you guys going to fine me for this? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop. that's enough. It looks kind of sardine. It looks kind of right, stop. It looks kind of sardine. <laughs> All right, stop. 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 It looks kind of sardine. Stop. Can I? Can I? You want me to help you vomit some more? All right, it's enough. Oh my God. Stop. Yeah, if you feel sick and you let it out. Hold on, hold on. Let it. No, stop. Uh, okay. I just spit in his face real quick. Oh. Oh yeah. Um, it's truly disgusting. Uh, but, but anyway, we really did assume that Jeff would never find a loving relationship, and it turns out we were wrong. Um, How could it, we have been wrong about this? I don't understand. I know. Well, well we put our, our man Wolfie on this. Uh, it turns out Jeff has been in a long-term relationship with a woman named Gloria for almost 30 years. Wolfie, again, getting the exclusive before anyone Wait else, CNN, Wait Fox a News. What do you mean, long-term He's been begging yeah. us for a woman for 30 years. Yeah, I know. He it, he totally, Wolfie sat down with Gloria to learn what it's like to date a vomit lover, to be in love with a vomit lover. And for 30 years, he's been in this relationship. We did not know about it. So, Wolfie, uh, congratulations on your exclusive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah and, yep. and still, medicated Pete still can't get a girlfriend. And then you look at Jeff. It's crazy. Wolfie asked Gloria, the girlfriend, to define her relationship with Jeff. Here we go. We started out as friends, just friends. And we became boyfriend girlfriend. We're still boyfriend girlfriend. He had given me an engagement ring. So do you have a plutonic relationship with Jeff? It's uh, Yeah, pretty much so. I'm not saying we it's plutonic because he lives on Pluto. <laughs> we don't yeah. do plutonic. anything. But, I mean, there's no sex. There's no sex. Have you ever made love to Jeff Levy? No, we don't do that. We don't, we don't do that. Uh, here's some facts. Jeff currently visits this woman, Gloria, two to four times a week. Uh, he calls Gloria 25 times a day because he uh, irrationally gets nervous if he doesn't hear from her daily. Huh. Uh, Jeff gave Gloria an engagement ring, but she lost it. Wolfie, I'm telling the truth here, right? Everything is correct. He, he is obsessed right. with this woman. There's a physical element to their relationship. They don't make love, but uh, Wolfie asked Gloria if they ever fool around at all. Well, he, I let him play with my breasts because I figured make him a little happy in the bathroom. So in the bed, let, him, let him touch me a little bit. I don't see Make him a little calmer. Make him, make him relax a little. Did that relax him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he likes that. When you went into the bathroom with Gloria, what did you yes. do to her? We, <laughs> uh, I, 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 uh, I, I found her. I played with her. Her, her, her what? Her what, Jeff? Her titties. You felt up Gloria's boobs? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
And how did yes. they feel? They're, they're very pretty, very pretty, very pretty, very nice. What man in his 60s is satisfied with just playing with a boob for a few minutes? <laughs> but I guess, you know, you take what you get. That's it? That's what they, and they go into yeah. the bathroom to do that? Or did yep. they go into the bathroom because you were there? No, no, I, I think we reveal where she is. So she, they have to go somewhere where people can't see what's going on. Oh. Mm, I see. Hey, this is Chef Devonic. This goes out to all the ladies feeling nauseous. I love vomits. Women's vomit. I love vomit. Women's vomit. I love vomit. Women's right. Wolfie, uh, Wolfie, <laughs> okay, pal. Uh, Wolfie uh, then asked Jeff if he gets aroused playing with Gloria's breasts. Here we go in another exclusive. Yes, I enjoyed it because I have a very strong emotional feeling towards Gloria, okay? I have a very strong emotional attachment, okay? Through the years, to be honest with me, what gets me aroused and what gets me hard, I very, very rarely have had sexual intercourse in all the lifetimes I've been with the, with prostitutes, dominatrixes. It's always been for me, for them to perform my fetishes, for me to get aroused, okay? Yeah. I would say, honestly, I don't think I'm capable of being aroused on, on uh, natural uh, natural occasions. Uh, Jeff also said his sexual desire for Gloria is a 7 out of 10, Robin. A 7 out of 10. Huh. Yeah. Uh, we were curious of gl how much Gloria knew about Jeff's fetish for vomit. Right. And uh, here's what we found out in another Wolfie exclusive. In your own words, what is Jeff's specific fetish? He, he likes to see women vomit. This is, this is what turns him on. I guess I, I don't understand it. I can't say I'm not a man, first of all, and I don't understand it. I don't know how somebody could like it to say the truth. What is your opinion about a man that gets sexual pleasure by seeing a woman vomit? I, I think it's a little stupid <laughs> to tell you this truth. Yeah, well, you know. Well, what is she seeing Jeff? Why is she with Jeff? <laughs> well, but that, that's a funny question. We asked that. What could what could Gloria possibly see in such a repulsive human being? No offense. <laughs> uh, but things became clearer as the interview went on. I'm blind. I'm totally blind. They took out my left eye when I went to Cooper Hospital. I'm blind in the other one. I have been blind for seven years, over seven years. But um, mainly I'm a schizophrenic with, with um, depression and anxiety. My main disability is they're blind. When your eyes were functioning, what was the most sexually attractive feature of Jeff Levy? <laughs> Sexually attractive. His face is really nice. He's got a very nice face. He's got really high. He's got high cheekbones. He's got nice, beautiful skin. He always had beautiful skin. There you go. So you know, maybe that's part of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe crazy stuff. Yeah, Gloria struggles with depression. And, and Gloria says Jeff is very nice. He waits outside for, uh, for you know, during her uh, therapy sessions. He waits for her. You know, I mean, he's uh, they they got something going on. So uh, it turns out he's got a girlfriend. We asked Gloria and Jeff to share some of the things they love about each other, and I and I figured it would be nearly impossible for Gloria to come up with an answer, but she did. <laughs> she really did. 
Well, he's a very generous person. He's very considerate. He's considerate with me, very considerate to my feelings. He always tells me I'm pretty and everything like that. And Jeff, what are the three things that you love the most about Gloria? Gloria is a very sweet person. She'll, she she take the shirt off her back to, to help me, okay? She uh, is very generous. Um, she's very loving. I, I, I feel so bad that something this horrific, horrendous could, could happen to my poor Gloria. And I just, you know, it, it, it makes me feel so terrible inside. He's a nice guy. He's just, he's a very nice guy, Jeff. The two of you really love each other. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's correct. That's my best friend. I love you, Gloria. Oh, my heart and soul. I love you very much. I love you too, Jeff. How's that for Valentine's Day? Wow, what a Valentine's Day. (laughs) Says here, Wolfie, Gloria loves Jeff so much she would allow another woman to vomit on him and she would not be mad. She's willing to uh, put aside her own needs for Jeff's. But, um, you know, we ended up the conversation by giving Jeff a Sophie's choice. He had to decide between giving up his relationship with Gloria or giving up his vomit fetish. Uh Uh-huh. That's a tough one. What one? What do, you, what do you think? What do you think? You think that Jeff would put aside his love for vomit for Gloria? I think that the human contact mm-hmm. would be a strong lure, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that Jeff chose Gloria. Human con- Is Jeff human? I guess no, so. She yeah, is. I guess you're he right. I see. see. Right. Contact with a human. I see. I see. <laughs> I see what you're saying. All right. Well, here, here is the vomit. Sophie's choice. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would say be with my Gloria. You would give up all vomit. Well, yep. Yeah, well, yep. Yep. So my my emotions for Gloria are, are much much stronger. Okay. Gloria, how do you respond to that? That's very nice. It's nice to hear. <laughs> And look, there's always the chance that Gloria will vomit, I guess. And, uh, she could get it. sick, right? Yeah, that could sure. happen. Wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, let's go to Cliff, who has a question. Uh, Cliff, go ahead. Wolfie's here. He's an expert hey, you, in this subject. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, hey now, Howard. Hey, thanks hey for now. having me on. Hey now. <laughs> Just calling in. I can't help it but wonder if it would be possible for you to play this whole interview Unedited. I just think that's what you Yeah, well, the, uh, was, there, was there some editing involved here? How long was the interview between you, Gloria, and Jeff the Vomit guy? It's got to be at least two hours. I mean, cause, <laughs> like, Rob, <laughs> that's a special. Robin had asked the question. So, so Gloria's in a medical facility. So that, mm. that kind of paints a picture of, of who she I is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of when they fool around, it's got to be in the bathroom at that facility. So the other patients right. don't, don't catch wind. So yeah, Jeff they will might get in. jealous of all that activity. <laughs> yes. So occasionally Jeff will take her in the bathroom and, and he is allowed to see her titties or just feel them like he over can the see, shirt. See and he, touch he her, her titties. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yep. Well, isn't that, isn't that romantic? <laughs> uh, I love that. Oh, look who it is, Robin. It is um, Jeff the Vomit Guy. How are you, sir? Oh. Look, uh, uh, I, I, I love Gloria, okay? I love her. I love her. She, she, she means a lot to me, okay? 
All right. Um, uh, you know, yeah. I was shocked to learn you had a girlfriend. Have you ever had other girlfriends? Well, I yeah, for, for many years I dated uh, uh, Helen Keller. Okay, we were we were <laughs> together for. Uh, I taught her about vomit. She called it vava, vava. She'd say vava. Uh, look, vava. Right, yeah. right. For many years uh, before that, I uh, I was in a relationship with uh, uh, Terry Schiavo. Okay, uh, uh, many. <laughs> but wait a second. Wasn't uh, she on a uh, Wasn't she on a uh, respirator or something? She was on a ventilator. She she was ventilator, not aware right. of the relationship. But I we we. we, we <laughs> And I never got to uh, I never got to see her titties, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, that's only my my Gloria, my Gloria. Yeah, right. Well, all right. Well, you're in love, and I'm happy for you. Happy. Remember Valentine's the lady Day. who got her face ripped off by an ape? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. I was with her too. I was with. All her right. Okay. Thank you. I know well, you're lying. Thank you. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Bye. That was but fake. Is that Jeff. Jeff's? How did they meet? Did you Did you find out? Yeah, um, it's it, it's insane. They 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 met. You're kidding? Insane? <laughs> God, God. They they met on the street, and there was something captivating about Jeff that she wanted to talk to him. Like, and, and if anyone's met Jeff, like the smell of Jeff alone is so off putting. But there was something that drew Gloria to him, and then they connected from yeah, this and, meeting randomly in the street. And let's remind everyone: doesn't he like in his apartment have a whole bunch of pigeons and they shit everywhere? It's a whole thing, right? Oh yeah, his his freezer is filled with dead pigeons. When they die, oh. he puts them in the freezer to save them. Well, what, what, what? You think that's weird? You think that's odd? I mean, <laughs> I don't you have a, a freezer full of steaks? You got cows in there? What, what? You don't know? You don't know? Come on, hold on a second. Hi, everybody. It's Gloria, Jeff the Vomit oh. Guy's girlfriend. Hi, Gloria. Oh, yeah, I call it Vava. We call it Vava. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, yeah, we yeah. had a nice Valentine's Day. It was so romantic. He made a nice dinner and I puked right. onto his penis. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was kind, you know, it was, uh, Did you let him, did he, did you let him touch your titties? Yes, I let him touch my uh, breasts, and uh, you know I also have a borderline and ADD, BPD, CTE. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's yeah. Well, it's a great it's love story. Fun. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Wow. Hey, two and a half hours of that sounds great. I'll take it. You guys take it easy. Thanks for having me on. All right, Cliff. I'll tell you what. I might take your suggestion. I might go listen to the whole two hours and see if it's worthy of a <laughs> don't, special don't hour. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Why? Why, don't why do wouldn't it. I do it? Don't do oh, it. Oh, my God. It, it's, I mean, it's good, but it's just Jeff is, is so laser focused on this vomiting. I mean, he he calls me, he calls the office probably 20 times a day. He's just looking for a vomit connection and I mean, it, it's just, it's difficult. Don't, don't. What does he to want it. us to do? He just wants us to get him a girl to do a vomit on him. I mean, he can't do that on his own. I'm sure you can pay someone to do that. No, I mean, look, he's, well, sorry, Jeff, but he's pretty repulsive that people, women won't even take money to puke on him. He, he still finds, like, he'll go out at night, like, at bars to just stand in the alleys and try to catch a woman puking. Oh, he's my still, God. He's still so obsessed with it. I mean, like, if, if a woman drinks too much outside the bar, she'll come out and throw up and he, like, throws himself underneath the, uh, on the floor. <laughs> well, like, okay, so Jeff's, Jeff's Christmas is New Year's Eve. Because there's a lot of women out at bars <laughs> drinking, so he'll just roam the streets hoping to find like a warm pile of vomit. Like that's that's what he does. Wow, Ugh. wow, yeah. Richard, who you know is questionable in his bathing habits, said that Jeff is the worst smelling whack packer 
over Bigfoot or Elephant Boy or <laughs> wow. any of the, 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 yeah, right, Richard? You uh, said he, and you smell pretty bad. So, I mean, yeah. it must have been awful. If I'm saying <laughs> it, you know, it's real bad. Yeah. I mean, right. sorry, Jeff, if you're listening, but it is the worst smell I think I've ever smelled. And I've smelled old roadkill and shit, but it's like the mix of sour milk and rotten meat. Like it smells, you know, it smells like vomit that's been out in the sun for, <laughs> when Jeff finds a pile of vomit, see, I thought he so stood he won't outside. wash it off. <laughs> I well, think he's I, never I, washed his vomit off. <laughs> well, what I think he does, I be, I, I mean, I'm surprised by what you're saying, Wolfie, because I just assumed when he hung outside a bar, he'd say to the woman, "Hey, you're about to throw up. Can I get naked and and, and you'll throw up on me?" But what you're saying, she throws up, and then like like Batman, he comes out of the dark and starts. What does he take off of his shirt and roll around in her vomit? Well, so, so it's a couple different stages. So like his, his main thing is he wants to be a vomit coach. Now that's a profession that doesn't exist, but <laughs> he wants, he wants to find a woman that's, that's about to get sick and rub her back, pull her hair back and, and talk her through the vomiting. So that's the main goal to be there to see that. And then if he can convince her to throw up on him, which never happens. Did so something, did something happen to him in his life? Where like he had a help like his mother vomit or his sister or or maybe a friend and they, and then now it he found out he got I mean like like what his origin is, you know, story yeah like his, what's his origin story yeah his, how his, did his, he his, become this super villain okay yeah, so how did he well, become the famous Jeff the vomit guy on our yeah. show there was there right. was there was a moment he was in uh, elementary school and a little girl that he was attracted to vomited in class <laughs> and that's that stuck in his brain since right. that day and hey, he's been obsessed with it since then wow you know when i think about jeff in terms of an orange uh, an origin story I, I was like well maybe jeff fell into a vat of vomit <laughs> he was pushed in there and uh you know like like the joker with his ass like the joker you know, falling into yeah, the acid or something yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's much more normal than that. Hey, Howard. And Howard, he's the only whack packer that Sal and I have banned from coming into our studio uh, because it, the smell, you just can't get rid of it. So now when we record with him, we have to do it at, like out on the street. Uh, oh, it's Jeff the Vomit Coach Levy. Go ahead, Jeff. Come on, let's see that puke mount, okay? Come on, let's get that puke out of you right here. <laughs> Oh, oh he's coaching right now. <laughs> it's, it's a private word. They uh, read a vomit. Richard, have yeah. you ever noticed like a snail? Jeff is always moist. He's there's just always yeah. moisture on him. I I, oh. I can't explain what he it is. Glistens. Well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Always. <laughs> maybe what we're learning here is that we do need the two hour conversation with Jeff Devon. It's, uh, it's fascinating. I mean, we went through believe. everything. This whole backstory up until his his, his lottery ticket, gambling addiction. That's another major thing in his life. We we cover well, it. All. Maybe well, have I'm, Colin I'm, Quinn talk to him next. <laughs> 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 well, I'm going to take a break, and Mark Marin's going to be here. Mark. Marin, I haven't seen him. I think I'm going to say in like 10 years. He's a very funny comedian. He's got a great special on HBO that's on right now and the uh, HBO Max uh, uh, app. Mark Marin is the man, man of the hour. I, you know, I do, uh, I spent a good hour of the show this morning, Mark, uh, talking about this phenomenon now where comedians are dating hot, hot chicks like uh, Eric Andre is dating. Um, Emily Ratajkowski, 
Yeah. I, obs- I obsessed on it, Mark, uh-huh. uh, for quite some time. This seems to be new. You know, the Pete, you know, all the guys like, oh, Pete Davidson, he's getting all these hot checks. I say good. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a Mishkaite. I, I don't, uh, have any uh, beauty. Uh-huh. So I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, I think it's a nice trend to see comedians or people who are funny for a living having sex with very hot women. I mean, maybe comedians are the new rock stars. Do you have any thoughts about this? Are you, I, are, are, is there pushback on it? Are there people that are aggravated yes. that, uh, there are, that funny uh, people? Whenever someone is fucking a hot chick, there's always aggravation. People are yeah. aggravated and jealous, and you, you know how it is. I mean, we're human sure. beings. But uh, on some level, I guess you know when you talk to comics and you ask them why they started doing comedy, it's always about to get girls, right? That's why they were funny to begin with. So right. I guess it's working out for a couple guys. What, yeah, what are you gonna yeah. Do? I never saw comedy as a way to get girls, but I, I guess it is true. I, I mean, anytime you're good at anything, it seems like girls do get. They are the motivation. I mean, Einstein himself, I think, wanted hot chicks. Uh, that's the only reason he yeah, went I think into that, that whole, whole Adam motivation. bomb. That's it. Yeah. 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 Right. Anyway, I'm excited. That's why we're here. Yeah, I'm excited to see you because um, I started thinking about you a lot after I saw this movie to Leslie. I don't know if word got back to you, but um, I am very good friends with the director of that film, and uh, we were we were together, and uh, he said to me, "I made this movie to Leslie." I went on. What does that mean? Do I have to watch it? You know, like it's Sounds an independent. Great. Yeah, right. And he goes, "Oh, it's a, you know, it's a small film, independent film." And yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm 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 so good friends with Michael. Uh, he's I think he's asking me to watch this thing." And I'm like, "Fuck, I yeah. just want to watch superheroes." You know, right? I, I you know, I'm, give me Batman, Spider Man, something. It, you know, something I can relate. Just to. not too Leslie. Yeah, not too Leslie. So uh, anyway. I he get, he got me a copy of it. It was like um, it was like Mission Impossible to get me this copy. After all, yeah. they, they it can't be released. I get the copy of it. I sit with it for maybe a month and a half, and I said to my wife, "We gotta watch this too, Leslie. It's it's insulting to Michael and his beautiful wife Mary McCormick. It's insulting." Yeah. So finally, we like 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 pulling nails out of your fingers. We sure. sit down and watch this thing. I'm weeping like a baby. And who do I see in this movie? You. And I'm yeah. like, this motherfucker is some emotional actor and so moving in this movie. And like, I'm so in love with you in this movie. I mean, I didn't know this side of you. The, the, yeah. the, the, com- the compassion that came through, the way you played it, you downplayed. Yeah. I loved your whole thing in this movie. How did it come about that you end up in this? movie to leslie and right. um and were you always this kind of serious actor that uh, was this guy inside of you this whole time well i mean uh, i don't you know i've been acting a bit but i don't know that uh I, you know usually with a guy like me who's cranky little neurotic aggravated they're looking you know when you go in for a role they're like can you be the asshole dad can you be the cranky aggravated guy I'm like, yeah i can do that i can do that yeah. Yeah, i do that every day so uh <laughs> so uh, so this, i get word from the management, my management, they, this guy wants me to do this movie too, Leslie. Right? It's the middle of the pandemic. I'm in, you know, I'm pretty shattered still. I, you know, I, I dealt with some loss and, you know, I, I get this script and I'm like, I, what do they want me for? There's like, there's a dozen guys I can think of that could do this role. Like, you know, I can picture actors like John Hawks or who there are guys that can do this. And then I thought, like, how many, how many, how many fuckers turn this down? How did it end right. up to me? 
What's yeah, the right. list of people? You know what I mean? Who you, 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 I, I, I'm trying to understand this. So, in other words, Michael, the guy I know, who's the director. Michael Morris, yeah. Michael Morris. He thought, oh, my God, I have to have Mark Marin in this role. I didn't believe that. Did not believe that. I thought that would be, that's ridiculous. My experience is, look, we've offered this to literally everyone. And uh, we think <laughs> it's a good idea for you to do. Because how else yeah. are you going to get job? You know, how else are you going to get work? So, so I, I pushed back and I said, look, I don't think this is for me. And it just, he kept coming, like, the my management's like, he really wants you to do it. I'm like, just tell him I don't want to do it. And then somehow or another, he gets Chelsea Handler to text me. I guess I don't know that they're friends anymore, but I get this text from Chelsea Handler. It says, my friend Michael really wants to talk to you, and you don't want to, you know, piss Chelsea Handler off. So now I got to I gotta call Michael. Or he's, so I talk to him, and he says, no, I want you. And I'm like, I don't understand why why you would want me. And he goes, well, I watched Marin, your series. I watched the, the movie you did with Lynn, Sword of Trust. I just think you have what I... And so when he starts really talking, that he knows my shit. I'm like, all right. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Because it's like 12-day shoot or something. Uh, right. Peak COVID. I said, I'll do it. But I said, I'm not doing the accent. I can't do accents. And he goes, look, we'll worry about that later, which means... You will do it. So, <laughs> by the way, do you get intimidated in the sense that I know, uh, I mean, I've been in one movie, my own movie, but yeah, I, 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 you know, you, you start to go, gee, it's not my main thing. And I don't want to embarrass myself. And I don't even yes. want to embarrass the movie by doing this. Right. I, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's yeah, a frightening like, thing. I had played myself for years. And, uh, you know, it's not easy to play yourself, really. No, uh, it's not. It's easy to fuck up playing yourself. So, but I did glow for you. So I was comfortable on a set. And I thought to myself, I just interviewed, you know, James Kahn before he died, right? And, and I did a lot of research with him on him. And I've seen some old movies of his where he tried to do an accent. I'm like, he's terrible. He's terrible at doing this accent. It's like a very young James. But he tried. And he's still James Caan. So I said, fuck it. If I want to do acting, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into this. Right. So I got the dialect coach. And oh. she, this is funny. Maybe you'll enjoy this because I keep, no one ever laughs at this, but I'm going to do it for you. So. The dialect coach says, we're going to do Lubbock. Lubbock's the accent. I'm like, Lubbock, that sounds great. No no idea what that means. It's a subtle <laughs> Texas accent, but Lubbock. And I'm like, great. She goes, I'm going to send you, you know, like the pronunciations, how you say things in Lubbock. And then she says, here's two video links of the Lubbock accent. I'm like, wow, they have instructional videos of how to speak Lubbock. And I hit these links, and they're just weird old interviews with Mac Davis. Do you remember Mac Davis? Yeah, the, the singer, <laughs> Mac Davis. Yeah, Mac right, Davis Variety right. Hour. Yeah, Exactly. So I'm like, right. this is the only Lubbock example they have. And he's like, they're not even <laughs> televised interviews. They're, just, they're like ah. weird Grammy backstage. But anyway, so I decide to commit to the accent. I take the role. And in terms of seriousness or however i just knew because i don't acting is, a, is tedious I, I don't you know you sit in the trailer for uh, and i'm not the kind of guy who can sit there for me you know i'm doing a part you spend the entire day to shoot three lines you're waiting in a trailer you know 10 hours and you're every time you do it even though it's part of the job you're like what the fuck could they be doing just you know, <laughs> right. set the light up what do you and it, it, there's part of me that thinks like this is a tremendous waste of time i'm going to go out there i'm going to say two things and then they're going to send me back here so but I wanted to do it. I wanted to feel what it felt like to try to act in, in, and really commit myself and transform myself. Because I figure if I'm going to do more of this, let's do it. And the woman who is your oh, co-star, yeah. Andrea right. Riseborough, who yeah. got the Academy Award nomination, 
which I was actually behind. I was campaigning on the air for it, and not sure. because I'm friends with Mary. That was sort yeah. of the accusation. But no, I, I watched the movie. I was so moved by it. I cried like a baby at the end of this thing, and so did my wife. I mean, I said, this is a fantastic movie. And I'm worried that no one will see it. I got on the air, said Netflix should buy it. They evidently did. Um, so, you know... I was I was thrilled, but this Andrea Riseborough is such a good yeah. actress that I would imagine that's intimidating too because you know this is her profession and you're doing this as a you know <laughs> let me see if I can let me see if I can do it you know it's almost a lark yeah well I I knew I could I know I know I can li- you know I talk to a lot of actors you do too but I talk to them about acting I spent the last five years once I started acting any actor I have on I get a lesson right right so. I, I integrated a lot of what they said. I knew I could listen. I could be present on screen. I knew I wasn't great. I mean, when I did Marin, I knew just from other comics, peers of mine who did shows, that I'm going to suck for at least a year, but I'll figure right. out at least how to, you know, you know, not be conscious of what I'm doing with my hands. So with Andrea, I get there. I wasn't that intimidated, man, because it was peak COVID. And like somehow they had convinced me that doing the movie would be safer than going to the supermarket. Like there's going to be protocols in place. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like everyone's going to be masked all the time. And I met Andrea, but I only seen her in a couple things. I don't know that I really knew enough about her to be intimidated, which was good. It worked for me. I just knew that I had to show up. It was in town and, uh, and do this thing. And right away when you start working with her, you're like, holy shit. And then, you know, she's British and she's doing this shattered Texan uh it was astounding but I think what helped me is that I knew right from the beginning when I was there with her like well this is her movie this is her this is a big thing for her so the codependency that comes out in the character I was actually feeling off camera I'm like don't fuck this up for Andrea all right you just take care of do whatever you got to do to be there for her and that was sort of the guy so it informed that but I wasn't I don't remember being intimidated. I was also just, you know, you're wearing masks all the time. You're getting tested every two days, you know, and uh, there's just a strange kind of, uh, you know, dystopian vibe to it. And and I think and he shot it on film, Howard, it's yeah. on film. And he did I it know. in 19 days. So when you're shooting on film, you can't do the thing. You can't stop in the middle. Of the- Can we do that another nine times? I mean, you got to hit it. Yeah. So I think what really made it even better emotionally is that. The only time anyone wasn't wearing masks on that set was when actors were talking to each other. So it was loaded, man. It's like, you know, here we go, masks off. And, you know, the intensity of of interaction, which you weren't having in life, was happening there in those takes. And I think that added to it. And to be honest with you, I had no... For you championing the film and and me hearing about that, you know, I was was flattered and and I appreciate it. And I really don't think anyone would have seen this movie. Yeah, I, it was one of those movies. It's one of those ones you do and you're like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? I suck and no one will even fucking know it exists. And all I can say is in, in retrospect, thank God I did okay. Yeah, thank right. God. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know what? You're right. Nobody would see this movie. And right. These kinds of movies are never seen. And I thought to myself when I saw it, what a shame. I think people would really love this movie. It touches the heart in a way that uh, I haven't been touched in a long time in terms of movies. And I, and I felt like, oh, my gosh, uh, I should get on the air and really talk up this movie because it needs the publicity. That was my sure my feeling, you know, and and uh, and, and I was genuinely shocked by how moved I was by your performance. And so, I, I you know, it, it it's just a really good movie. I hope people get to see it. 
I really yeah, do. I, I think they will now. Uh, it, it was hard to find at first. Like it was, it's weird yeah. when. Even with with my old series, Marin, you know, people are like, where can I watch it? I'm like, I really don't fucking know. I mean, you got, you know, just do a search. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I, I was laughing. Oh, when 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 uh, Michael said to me, the director, I want yeah. you to see my film. It took him like two weeks to convince this movie company, whatever they are, to send it, it to me. I'm oh, I'm saying to my wife, I go, what? No one's going to ever see this movie. They're worried about me having a copy of the movie. They should only hope I release it somewhere and so someone could see it. You know, it was that kind of thing. I mean, it was so difficult to get my hands on it. But well, then um, when you get it, there's like three codes you got to put in. Then you got to look at your yeah. phone. And you gotta, I said they, they couldn't make this more box. difficult. Yeah, I, I, they couldn't. They couldn't fuck with me more <laughs> yeah. than, with this thing. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what's so terrified what? someone will steal it? The best thing that could happen is someone pirates <laughs> yes. that movie. Yeah, imagine they steal it and they distribute it. <laughs> yeah, oh, what yeah, a miracle. Unlike the, dis unlike the distributor. Yeah, they were the worst. Yeah, but uh, then there was so much controversy with this uh, Academy Award nomination. I went, what are you talking about? They, they spend millions of dollars on these Academy Award nominations. It's all. Yeah, I, yeah, tell, yeah. And when an underdog kind of sneaks around the side, the people that spent millions of dollars panic and yeah, they have to explain themselves. So they start shit. And it's like, look, if there's a problem with how social like if you if you have an issue, the Academy, with how uh, things are supposed to transpire on social media platforms, you know, update your rules behind closed doors and change it for next year. You fuckers. Yeah. Have you gotten any more uh, acting offers off this? Because I see you now as a serious actor. Uh, yes, has Howard, anyone... there's, a, a, there's some serious consideration uh, for me to do a recurring cameo part as a doorman in a Melissa McCarthy movie. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> I hope you get it. But you were I in the too. you were you were in the Joker. How did that come about? I mean, you had a small role in the yeah, Joker. Yeah, I don't know. That I, I did have a small role. That's I've done a lot of movies where people are talking about a movie and I go, I'm in that movie and they go, Really? And then I go, <laughs> the guy the guy at the thing, you know, the guy who said the thing. Oh my god, yeah, that, yeah, that was you. Yeah, it was. Big part. Yeah. I was yeah. dude, I was in almost famous when I was a kid almost. Do you remember Almost Famous? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Do you remember the angry promoter? Lock the gates! And I, that was me. <laughs> that was you? That was me. That I was had me. no idea that was you. You, of you, course you, you, some, you know what it is? You transformed yourself in that movie. You're <laughs> yeah, hardly recognizable. I was, I was that guy <laughs> yeah. for that 30 seconds. So. Yeah. It's so, so great. I, uh, the Joker, though, that, I mean, Todd Phillips, I think, was using a few comics. He likes comics. You know, there's several comics in there. Goldman's in there and a couple other guys in different parts. And, uh, but he gave me this speaking part and it was a scene with De Niro. And it was, it's actually, uh, very funny because, you know, I, look, you, you know, from doing what you do and, and I talk to people too, uh, and eventually everyone becomes human. So I wasn't freaked out that I was with really? Nero. It was, I wasn't too freaked out because, you know, when it comes right down to it, he's a guy just standing over there doing whatever he does, but it, it is right. De Niro. And I know that I'm doing a scene with De Niro. And in retrospect, I started to think about how many guys have done three line scenes with De Niro where it changed your fucking life. And he would be hard pressed to even remember you being in the movie with him. If, you <laughs> yeah, know right. what I mean? Yeah. But that's all right. So, but, but here's what, so it's, so there's a walk and talk where we're talking, him and I. And then there's a scene that's in the Joker where we enter the dressing room with, uh, with Joaquin for me to, you know, make sure he's on the level. And, uh, and so, De Niro and I meet him. We talk for a minute. 
and uh, we run it like a little bit. But but Todd says, let's just do it. And I go, all right, I'm ready. He's like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, you ready, Bob? Yeah, yeah. So we're walking and talking, right? So I'm like, I'm lit up. I've been in the trailer for four hours already. And I'm like, <laughs> and I've been running these three lines. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I get out there and I'm just, and we it's like action. And I just start doing the lines and we do it. And then it's cut. And then I go, I go sit in my chair and I watch De Niro sit in his chair. And then uh, I see him wave Todd over the director. And Todd walks over to Nero and he's nodding. And then he, and then Todd walks over to me and he goes, uh, you're coming in a little hot. <laughs> oh no poor you yeah, poor yeah. you so like i saw it happen de niro like said to him something but it was a good point you know todd said like look yeah you know he's he's your boss so you, you wouldn't just be yelling at him in casual conversation i'm like oh that's right this isn't me no yelling in casual conversation so but, I but mean, that didn't even use that is it is it um I, 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 not that it's intimidating but i mean it does sort of rolodex through your mind all the roles that de niro did did he give yeah. you any personal attention like did he ever say to you hey how you doing blah 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 sure, but it's definitely oh, oh you, you see so you had that little moment with him that yeah, kind of no, thing we we yeah. talked a little bit and i you know i asked him about uh you know i asked him about king of comedy you know there was moments he's not a big talker but on that day that was the day. You remember when they like they found those those fake bombs? One was at his Tribeca studio. One was at Hillary Clinton's. House. It was that day. So wow. he's managing this this kind of weird you know event and a, a PR situation. But uh, but he was very funny about it. You know, he, he says uh, they found one at Hillary Clinton's house, and I think I can't remember where they found the other one, but it was somebody some other politician. And I say yeah. like, are you freaking out? He goes, Well, I'm in pretty good company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? My name's in the paper with some very very high level people. Yeah, kinda. Hey, yeah. The weird thing about De Niro is that like you know everyone you get your trailer over there. It was they shot it in uh, in New York. And he has his own traveling bunker. Like, it's this giant, <laughs> it's like this movable apartment that they park mean, up a lot. In other words, he, uh, is this something separate from what the movie studio gets him? Like, he's done so many totally. films that he has right. his own setup that he likes when so. he does a movie. And they, oh, wow. And why not? Why not? Why when not? He's De Niro. That, why wouldn't he? Right. He's De Niro and he's doing movies all the time. Why not be comfortable? Why not bring a pool with you? You know? Yeah. Oh no, it's just fucking amazing. I mean, did, did he invite you into the uh, to the trailer? Or you no, don't even get, you, you can't get in the inner sanctum. No, you just like all you're trying to do, like in the in that situation, is realize your place, right? You know, you don't want to be the annoying guy, and you know, right. you sit there and you kind of, and also you don't want to wander around hoping you'll get eye contact with him. Like, you know, <laughs> you're stalking you're, you're, him. Yeah, you had yeah. a strange needy guy. It's like, what's wrong with that kid, right? So. So you just kind of, you do, you, you accept what you get and then you sit down and do your fucking job. And it was, you know, I was there for like a week because we had to shoot that whole thing where, you know, he uh, gets shot. It, yeah. was just, it was interesting to watch this process because these actors, they, like Jeff Daniels told me once, you know, about it. The lesson I learned from Jeff Daniels, which I haven't applied yet, was you have to learn how to use your face because all film acting is face. I never even thought of that, but it's true, right? right? It's all yes. face. Yep. But to watch De Niro, like he's going through stuff, they're doing retakes and like he's doing the Johnny Carson thing for the Joker. And I'm like, you know, watching the whole process, I'm thinking like, this is a disaster. He's really, I don't know if he's, you know, what's going to happen with this. And then you watch the cut and you're like, oh my God, he knew exactly what he was doing. And he looks yep. perfect. He's yeah. A, he's De Niro. But during That's the process, the magic. I'm like, this is a, totally. Yeah, I'm always blown out by that, by really good actors and how they can, you know, they do a little movement. They don't go big. They just yeah. do a little something, you know, with yeah. their eyes. Yeah, very or... hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. A, I, 
turning it down. It's very hard for me. What happened when you uh, auditioned for Avatar? Like, that's a big movie. Why were you auditioning? <laughs> I mean, you're Mark Maron. You don't need to audition. You should have told Jim Cameron, go fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah. 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 That's what I did. I told my agent, <laughs> yeah. you tell that, what's his name, Cameron, to go fuck yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Cameron, people. who are you? Why, 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 would you, uh, why did you do the You wanted the role, I take it. If, no, uh, you, not no? really. No, I, I <laughs> You're crazy. It's so great. What do you mean I'm crazy? What no, you, it's great. No, I think it's funny that you audition for something you really don't even want. You didn't even well, here's what, here's want what, here's it. Here's what it is. Here's what yeah. happened. So I get this, I got this agent at the time, uh, John Burnham. He's an old, old style guy and he's like, you know, he's excited. They get excited. So look, Jim wants to meet with you. And I'm like, all right, I, uh, why not? And, but in the back of my head, I'm like, do I, am I going to do this? I mean, uh, you know, what, what is this thing? He's shooting four movies at once. I didn't, I didn't even, there's no script, but it's like a general meeting. Go down there and meet him. So I drive all the way to Long Beach and where I live in Glendale, Long Beach is like, you got to pack a tent. You got to plan for the night. <laughs> so I go, <laughs> so I drive to Long Beach and he, He's like he he's got like a, a an airport hangar. He's like he's got a building that's the size of Long Beach, and wow. I go in there and I meet him. And you know it's it's kind of impressive. It's it, he's showing me around. It's like Cirque de Soleil down there. He's got actors there. They're 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 on trapezes. They're jumping around. They're flying through the air. You know you know they're they're working out stunts and shit. And he meets me, and I don't know what's going to happen. And we're talking, and he says, "This is the deal. You know, this is the the part is this. And and if you if you get it, you're, you're probably going to have to to move to New Zealand for like a nine years because it's going to take us like nine years. <laughs> you don't want to live in New Zealand." Yeah, I don't, dude, I barely want to go out on the road because I worry about my stupid cats. So, right. So he, there's no script, but he says, "Here, read. This is the part. You know, sit down with it, read it, and then we're going to do an audition." And I'm like, "What?" So I, I I get the script and I sit there for like 45 minutes. And, and I read it. And before this, he takes, he's got like a museum of himself down there. You can go look at Robocop and at the, the Titanic. And that was kind of interesting. Not, yeah. not open to the public. It was especially, right. I got to see, right. Wow. So, and then like he says, are you ready? Or, you know, and then he brings me into a room with a bunch of other people, the acrobats and other people that were working there. I have no sense of what things look like. There's, you know, blue screens around, but I'm just floating with this, with these lines. Uh, the guy's like a scientist or, and he's got a drinking problem. I'm not sure what it was. The guy from, uh, Fly the Concords got the part, but, right. but ultimately, so I, I'm just scrambling to do this thing. And then I left and I was like, thank God. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't have to move <laughs> to New Zealand. I, I don't, I didn't even want to be presented with the choice, Howard. I didn't even, I, that's the worst thing is that you don't wow. want to do something, but then your agent says uh, they want you to do it. And then you're like, oh, fuck. So now I got to sit here and think about how am I going to live in New Zealand for two years? What's that going to do to me? <laughs> you know, yeah. and you but know, but it, it didn't happen. It's also, it's also just a weird thing to audition because that's a whole special art in itself. You don't know the movie you don't know what it is they throw some you know what they call sides no over good at it, it. no no good at hard. it that's why i never acted i never i was always just a comic i'm not even sure i had agents like for years like i had a manager and occasionally he'd tell me like you have an agent now but i think it was only for like that week like you know these guys <laughs> the managers would you know they'd ask favors of agents because they had their big clients and i think that most of my agents were like hey you know mark maron yeah I, yeah he's angry but, but can you you think you can send him out on something and then they'd send me out on one thing right. and i didn't have an agent anymore so it's just you uh, know it's weird it's it's weird too because when i think of like I'm, i you know i i just finished watching your stand up special which i loved but so much to me of what good stand ups do is physical 
it is acting. I mean, you're doing a one-man show, basically, up there. You yeah. Know? You're talking yeah. about your life, and you're doing it in such a way that's, you know, in a sense, you're playing a character. I mean, I know it's you talking about your life, but you are being theatrical. So sure. it would make sense that you'd be a good actor. You know how you gotta control your body. I mean, even right, the way I was. The, go ahead. No, this is the way you were kicking the the, the floor during your special or moving. I, I, it, I felt like, oh, these are things that Mark has worked out over the years as a stand-up comic. It's yeah. just everything sort of orchestrated beautifully. You know, it's a choice. These are choices yeah. that you make in the process. Like, <laughs> but the difference is, is like when you're acting as a stand-up, you, you don't have to answer to anybody else. You have to, you don't have to listen to anybody. You don't have to, you know. So, and I think that's ultimately the problem that you have as a stand-up entering acting is that you've been this self-contained thing for so long that you know you have to learn how to integrate with other people. You know what's kind of interesting? I th I've talked to a lot of comics about this. Like one time, I think I was. I wonder if this was on the air or not. But I was talking to Chris Rock. And he had Jerry Seinfeld come down and watch his uh, stand up. Yeah. And, you know, and they, they kind of helped each other by uh, maybe saying, hey, maybe you got to put a punchline on this. You know, sure. you seem like you could mind this a little more. It, it, it would seem to me that there are a couple of people that you should be able to, especially before you go on HBO with a big special, like someone you could trust who you love, you know, on a level of comedy that gets you. That could say to you, Mark, I don't think this worked, but I do like this. And I think you could yeah. even, you know, it, it, but you don't have that. You, in other words, this is all you, right? You <laughs> yeah, will not, you friends. will not ask. Yeah, some, have, no, you, no, no but, do you, but do you have friends who do that for you? I'm curious uh, about the process. Well, the process for me is like, it, they, I mean, it took a year and a half, two years to put that thing together. And it's weird that what you mentioned before about physicality, there was a, a conscious choice during me growing as a comic where I'm like, I have to be more physical. I have to trust that I am physically funny. And you, and I made choices to, to, to take chances like that. I mean, I think this special, the last two are about as good as I'm going to get, you know, and so that's it. But, yeah. but those, there are people that have, that I'll, sometimes there are comics that be like, you, they'll come up to me like, you want a tag? I got a tag for you. And I'm like, all right, what is it? Let me hear it. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad, but there's not anybody that I sit with for the whole hour and watch right. it other than, you know, I, there I have friends that are in comics that I work stuff through. My buddy uh, Sam Lipsight, who's a, a novelist, uh, you know, I kind of bounce things off of him. I kind of uh, I bounce things. There are certain comics I'll trust to to watch me, but it was all done in pieces and through workshopping it at, 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 at small theaters. So when you say you worked on the special, and and by the way, I'm talking about Mark's comedy special from Bleak to Dark, available on HBO Max, and uh, I really recommend it. It's great. I mean, I, I thought, you know, perfect title, bleak to dark. I mean, you come out yeah. and you say just right away, this isn't, you know, this is not happy hour. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty fucking miserable and I'm going to tell yeah. you why. And it, and it's genuine, you know, there, there's yeah. no bullshit with you. I mean, I, and I was thinking, you know, the, the podcast and the success of the podcast and the podcast you've even said is, you know, kind of saved your life. At the point that you yeah. started it, you were broke, you know, you were like, what the fuck am I doing kind of place. Yeah. And, and, and the podcast, I feel, gave you not only a new life, but a new energy and confidence with stand-up. And I mean this as a sincere compliment that I caught vibes of George Carlin on this special. I felt like you were really in the zone of talking about your passions, what moves you, tragedy in your life. And mm -hmm. you made it funny, but you, you know, it's the kind of comedy I like. You're telling your story. 
It's not just yeah. all set up and punchline, set up and punchline. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and I thought like, wow, I think that kind of confidence comes from the success of the podcast in a way. You know, it, it everything it, it, came it, from there in a way. Right. You, you know, like because by the time I started it, like I was I was down for the count. I mean, comics knew me. I'd done a million, you know, Conans. I've been around, but I didn't have an audience. So the right. podcast sort of established me in an odd way, though, because because of the way I do the podcast, which is pretty candid, you know, uh, you know, people knew me for that. They didn't necessarily like when I finally started doing like when I was on the on the podcast talking about comedy, I would get people podcast listeners. They'd come to shows thinking like we got to go to support Mark. You know, I don't know if he can do this. I'm like, what are you talking about? This this is what I've been doing, you know, right. so you had this weird and also the podcast fans, as you know, from from radio is that like people know you in a different way. So they come watch me do an hour and a half of stand up. But afterwards, they'd be like, did you get your toilet fixed? How did what happened right. with the toilet? <laughs> so you got this thing where it's like, I'm a comic. My toilet's fine. What do you think of the show? You know, right. But, uh, but over time. I think what the podcast, it gave me a certain confidence. It gave me, it was not something I anticipated that it would evolve and I'd be good at. But, but I think, you know, having an audience changes things, uh, in terms of like all of a sudden I got people that want to come see me. And, right. and I had the, I had the chops. I've been doing comedy forever, you know, since the late eighties. I've been at we this. I mean, I haven't seen you for 10 years, but yeah. the last time you were in, I remember very specifically, and it was great, it was great talking with you because you were very open about some of your jealousies as the other comics started to pass you by, you know, the John Stewart, the, yeah. uh, sure. uh, yeah. you, you know, you had a horrible, uh, relationship with him and has that been straightened out or gotten better or, uh, sure. I mean, you, you, know. you know, but those, you know, those are, those are strange, uh, muscles in the brain, you, you know, like they're, I get like, it. Yeah, right. You know, there's, a, and, and ultimately, all that means after a certain point, look, I got everything I need. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, got, I saved money. I'm good. I, I'm good through the rest of whatever this is, right? I'm going <laughs> to be okay. Horror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, I was never a greedy guy. I don't need power. You know what I mean? I'm not an arena act, but there's still some part of me that like, you know, when I hear about guys who are, who are arena acts or whatever, who get certain, I don't think I'm getting the, the proper amount of attention or respect in that, in a moment. And then yeah. I'm like, you know, like, fuck it, dude, you're 59. What do you want? What would you do in an arena? You. What are you you're just going to get up there and, and be like, what are you, you guys are right? You know, like, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, my career is exactly correct for me. So, like, but when I do have those jealous moments, I have to realize that that's coming. And you probably realize this, too, uh, given your evolving nature is that it's it's really just dumb insecurity, self-hatred. Yep. You know, you're yep. never enough, whatever it is, because Christ, I mean, how you're fine. I mean, like, at what point, like, all I'm thinking about is, like, how do I stop? You know, so. So I, I, I just want to try to have some peace of mind and have a little, no, uh, I, what I relate to the, 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 you know, it doesn't matter. The, and, and I, and I think from watching your special and talking to you a bit, I think we both come from the same place with this anger. Yeah. My father and your father could have been boxed and sold as a, a unit because, uh, yeah, you, you know, yeah, my father was very rough on me, not uh -huh. uh, kind and very, very cold toward me. Yeah. as far as i'm concerned and uh i had the, I, you know, I wasn't in touch with it i was angry with everyone so how it translated i get on the radio 
and I'd be sure. number one in a radio market. But I'd say, wait right. a second, they're listening to somebody else too here, and I get angry with that person. I get angry. That's right. I, I, I wanted everything. I wanted to swallow yeah. the world. It was very Trumpy, you know. It was like I want everything, sure. and I'm, I'm, I want all your attention and focus because I didn't get it as a kid. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, you're just working towards the the sort of uh, a cosmic fuck you, Dad. You yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love when you say in the special, you know, you talk about your father, and, you, and someone yeah. said to you, you know, you're way too old to be uh, complaining about your parents, don't you think? And right. you're like, no, I'm fuck <laughs> you. I'm not. I'm not going to stop. That's my DNA. Yeah. They no. did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, my father was like a very uh, uh, emotionally erratic. Uh, absent kind of guy and my you know it was a hybrid of of problems both my parents were very kind of self-centered selfish they were not cut out to, to parent why did they have a kid what did you ever say to, why did they have a kid did you ever ask yes. them yes. really what did they well, say I, well, there's worse stories about this man i mean well but they just did it because it, you know i i talk about that on the special there was a there was a generation it was just what you did i don't think they even thought twice about it it was what was you it? did was it a generation? I know guys I grew up with whose parents were from my parents' generation. They seemed to be very loving, involved, and you kind of got why they had kids. So, yeah, you know, well, some people had parents that weren't assholes. I mean, it, it happens. I, right. I, I, I'm not. Does it? You, <laughs> yes. It, I, I, I've sometimes said in my act, like, if you had one good parent, you're not going to understand what I'm about to say. Like, right. But, you know, it, all it takes is one good one to save the fucking kid. You know what I mean? Like, you you got to. Yeah. So was what? your father a narcissist in the sense that he was incapable of empathy or seeing your point of view? He, you know, was it that kind of thing? And your a mom the bit, same? He was, yeah. My dad was a, a surgeon. So, like, you know, wow. whatever lack of empathy he had, you sort of were dealing with, like, you know, like, my dad's kind of an asshole. Well, yeah, but he's out there saving lives and feet and legs and knees. I mean, he wasn't <laughs> right. like a heart surgeon. You know, he was an orthopedic. That's hammers and nail shit. But nonetheless, he was just very absent. He was out you know, doing whatever he was doing with, you know, however many women, whatever's going on. But when he was around, because he was, I, I think, uh, bipolar at the time, and, and now he just has dementia. And that, oddly, dementia kind of cures depression. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, my dad, my dad, I walk in the room, my dad uh, went uh, kablooey at the end, too. Yeah. And, he, and he'd walk in and go, hey, you look like that guy on TV. And I'm like, that's right. I got, man, okay, this guy's admiring me. <laughs> and I'm like, that, who is yeah. this guy? Yeah. But, well, but, but, yeah. but what yeah. was the answer when you went to your parents and said, you too. Why did you have children? Why did you have me? What were you thinking? You're not people yeah. who were cut out to take care of kids. Well, my mother was that. My mother was just very kind. Of, my mother's main focus in life was was not being fat. Like her, her entire <laughs> being. Oh, <geez. laughs> So, so like, right. so like, it was all like, I used to do a joke that never got a laugh, right? So I think for the first nine years of my life, my mother just saw me as her fat. And that, you know, if she could just, if she could just eat differently, maybe I'd disappear and she wouldn't have to take me to the husky section at Dillard's, you know? <laughs> so that joke didn't work. Oh man. What I do, there's a very fine balance between sad and funny. And like, you know, right. sometimes you just can't get out from the sad. But, you know, my father was just very selfish. I think he was just self-involved and he was, uh, you know, you never knew what the hell was going to happen when he was home. He was never home because he was out doing whatever he was doing with surgery or people. And, but when he'd come home, he'd be like, all of a sudden, like, you know, one, a Saturday morning and you just hear from the other room, where's my fucking hat? 
And I'm like, oh, right. no, this is going to be the day of the hat. And then maybe we'll go skiing, you know, if we get the yeah. hat. So, but my mother was just sort of like, you know, do, do I look fat? You know, like, so I don't know. But I asked, here's the thing about my mother. This, and this is, this was real. Cause there's really no statute of limitations on, uh, it doesn't seem to be a statute of limitations on what your parents can say to you once you're an adult. You know, they, there's this weird thing that gives way. You know, like my father's sort of like, you remember that, uh, that, that lady that you, you know, don't, I don't want to, you don't have to. So, but my mother, I'm down there, you know, making Thanksgiving dinner. I used to go down, go down there every year. And I'm like cutting, but you know, it's carrots or something. And, uh, and she just, you know, as an aside says, you know, Mark, you know, when you were a baby, I don't think I knew how to love you. <laughs> oh, like, God in heaven. <laughs> yeah, right. it so, but it was like glib, you know, yeah. and I'm like, all right, well, that, uh, well, that's it. I guess I can call uh, every therapist I've ever had and say, hey, I got it. I'm good. I figured it out. I got the missing piece. <laughs> I tell you, I relate to that so much. I recent, my mother's 95 and she's laying in bed all day. And oh, I go you got and good jeans, buddy. Oh, man, but I go and, you know, when you go, you, you say, yeah, I got good jeans, but I don't know that I want them. I mean, it, it, when you're 95 <laughs> and miserable, I, I sit there and she says to me the other day, I go, she goes, you know, I said, um, she was talking about my father and he died. But, yeah. Uh, your father never said I love you. She goes, but, you know, I, I, I don't know that I know what love is. I don't know that I ever loved anyone. <laughs> And I go, I, I'm looking, I'm looking at her and I, I go, I, I go, whoa, I'm sitting here. Excuse me. You had me. What do you mean you don't know if you love that? Oh, she, oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I love you. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, there, I've said before that like, uh, uh, that you just have to at some point just, you know, stop your parents whenever they have that conversation. Just say, you know what? You didn't do the best you could. You didn't know what the <laughs> fuck you were doing. <laughs> so this whole, you don't get off the hook with the, like, we did the best right. we could. You, you really didn't. You, know, right. you just sort of, you didn't, you didn't study it. You didn't, you just assumed that you could do it. And, and you could have, you could have gone into therapy maybe and sure. figured out how to be a parent because you didn't have good parenting. Something I, you could have tried. I don't right. know what it is, but right. there are people that did have good parents. And to be honest with you, after a certain point, I went to the mat with my dad. Like, you know, we fought a lot. And, uh, at some point, what do you I mean by kept... fought? Like, I mean, you stood up to him. You had the backbone to say, yeah. And, and I guess yeah, because... this is why I admire you. I think I see it in your comedy. Yeah. You were able to not sit there and kowtow. You actually challenged him. Sure. I used to bust his balls all the time. He fucking, you know, he grew to love it. it there, after we fought it out, I mean, I think honestly, uh, that like when he was like, he used to spend weeks in bed pressed when I was uh, in high school. And my mother used to say to me, like, you know, once you go uppstairs and make your father laugh, you're the only one who can and be like, oh, tough crowd. I tell you, you know, so I got to go up there. <laughs> but it was probably part of why I did what I did, aside from, you know, I loved comics because they made me feel better. But ultimately, my father, like I can bust it. Like I got to a point where I realized, like, I didn't he's not going to hurt me. They, they mm. can't hurt you anymore. And I would just bust his balls relentlessly. He would come to the, he comes to all that stuff that you saw. The, I, I always, he always sees it all. And there's, there's, and he's got this wife, uh, Rosie. Thank God. Thank God for Rosie. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. my father is, uh, his wife is, uh, is this born again Christian, uh, Latino woman. And right. you know, I don't believe in Jesus, but every day I'm like, thank Jesus for that woman <laughs> because I don't <laughs> she calms him down. Well, she was, he's going through this early stages of dementia. So he loses his mind occasionally. And he, uh, you know, she's still dealing with it. We don't have a plan in place. Me and my brother, I don't know. He's going to end up somewhere, but you know, right. cause I used to, 
Yeah, because part of me was sort of like, just tell me what you need. I'll send you money for, you know, whatever you need, a, a place to put them, a box. Just let me know. I'll come out. I'll say a few words. But um, do you ever question was, yourself and say, why am why am I worried about helping him? He didn't help me. He kind of demoralized me, made me into a mess. It's hard for me a, to love. You, it's hard for me to function. And uh, so why, why, you know. Listen, I paid for everything with my parents and everything, and, and I always will. But what what is it about us as kids that we do that? But th- let me ask you, though, like, isn't there a point? Like, I can see my father's vulnerabilities. I can see where he's full of shit. And I can see, you know, over time that, you know, he's kind of a, a broken guy that made a lot of bad choices. And you mm. can see these things as a guy who lives a life that's difficult. You can find the things in your parents that that made you what you are in a good way alongside of this stuff right so after a certain point like you can work on the shit that you're hobbled by emotionally and psychologically but also there's there's a certain amount of excitement that my father has about a lot of things uh that you know i kind of drives me a little bit there's an energy there and the truth is like i can really make that guy laugh and it really it does fill my heart in a certain way like it's just uh a rewarding thing uh and and this is a guy I, i fought with but i there comes a point with narcissists particularly, like a narcissist will really, to, to a parent who's a narcissist, a narcissist, you're just sort of like this appendage. You know, you're like, and when you push back, they're like, why is my hand hitting me? So, right. so there's this thing, you're right? So, yes. so eventually you got to cut the arm off and then, and, and, and they, then they're like, oh, they have to reckon with you as a separate person, which is not something that's even in their capability of doing. And when that right. happens, you know, there's a training that goes on and there's a respect that starts to happen because I pushed my dad to the wall once we were fighting. I just was like, I couldn't let him in my head anymore. And I don't even remember what the fight was about, but I knew that I got to the core of who he was. And it was on the phone and we're yelling at each other and I kept pushing and breaking him down and breaking him down. And then like out of like, out of, you know, he, he just gets to this point where out of the, the bowels of his guts, he just goes, fuck you. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, Oof. and I'm like, there it is. That that's what's at the core of my father. And how can you not respect that? So, yeah. <laughs> well, I actually hear this and I get a little bit jealous because I would never have had <laughs> oh, no. the balls. Yeah, I would not have the balls to confront my father. I could not. He was. Did you think he was going to physically hurt you? I I don't think he would have physically, but he had such control over me because, you know, I all I wanted to do is prove to him that I was somebody or something or, you yeah. know, and and did you yeah. have fought when you were having tough years in comedy? Was he like, you see, you see, you know, not I really, knew. you know, he, no? oh, he's really uh, my my dad was more along the lines like, you, you know, where uh, he never sort of. It was never, and this is not unlike many comics, it was never a real occupation. Like, no matter what I would do, no matter where I would appear, you know, he'd be like, you know, maybe you ought to talk to, uh, what's that guy's name? Bill Maher and ask him how he did it. And I'm like, <laughs> I know that, I know that guy. Like, yeah. is it, but so there's no context for them to think you're doing a real thing. And, right. and, and eventually, you know, they, they do realize it. But the best part was that like, my dad loves, he comes out to see me. And the last time, you know, before he started losing his mind, he came to the ice house in Pasadena and I was, uh, and I was doing an hour. I was working on it and I swear to God, he was with his wife. They flew out him and Rosie and I shit on that guy for, for an hour. Wow. And, and oh my God, in front of people. And, and I got off stage and he was like, he was, his eyes were water. He was hysterical. And, and, and he just, 
He loves the attention, Howard. He, he doesn't doesn't matter if it's bad or good. <laughs> he li- after a certain point, he just yeah. realizes, look, my appendage is it likes me again. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, but the last time I did it, like because uh, Rosie's going through such a difficult time with him, you know, they came to see me in Vegas, and uh, I did the jokes that you saw in the special. And, right. uh, and she was like, Oh, it was so good. It was so funny. I just wish you, you would have done more jokes about him. And I'm like, where is he? You want me to punch him in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> that is, so, that had to be surreal to be doing that material in front of the old man. I mean, well, that, the benefit that, now is that uh, he won't remember. So, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. You know, and I'm thinking too, your dad was a surgeon. So it was sort of yeah. like, Oh man, you, you got to look up to a guy who's got that kind of intelligence. I mean, that's, well, that's the creme de la creme of our society, surgeon. That's it. You know, that's, well, that's always there, you know. And and my mother was, uh, you know, it, look, I they were not good parents. They were just these people with problems I grew up with. And, and I've grown to, uh, I, I appreciate both of them. I, it's a lot easier for me and my father than in a way than it is with my mother to have a, a conversation. Because if you don't. If they don't know how to love selflessly or nurture in any way, you know, like uh, there was a whole bunch of material that I didn't do on the special about like, I know these people my age, my age, 59. They're like, you know, I, I talk to my mother every week and I'm thinking like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> about what? <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? my God. I, yeah. It, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, so many good topics in that thing. But I, uh, you know, and, and that special of yours, you know, a, a bit on stupidity. Missing oh, yeah. the old stupid. When, yeah. I mean, the new when stupid is on the shameless. Same page. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the confident stupid. The brazen stupid. The all filled up with bullshit stupid. Yeah, it's yes. scary, dude. Yeah. I oh, mean, it is so scary. It, it really is. I, I, um, um, you know, I'm curious with this special. How do you write a special like that? If I could get into the weeds a bit on what stand-up yeah. comics do. Because I love talking to guys who do what you do. Uh, because. Well, I'll tell you. It, I got a process, you know, I, it's not like the way I do it is through talking. I, you know, I don't, I write down ideas. I write down thoughts. I, I, I think of uh, moments that, that resonate with me, even if I'm not sure why they resonate with me. And I'll just start to work it through on stage and work it out through repetition. And ultimately I have to thank some sort of bigger cosmic thing because what i do generally is i know i got a funny idea and it's it's actually could be funny enough to get laughs but i don't know really where it's going so i'll improvise it on stage and then i'll I'll be delivered the punchline i don't know where it Hmm. comes from but it's almost like i back myself into a corner by going on stage without you know a finished piece and then i just hope my instincts trying you know wanting to be funny will kick in and, and deliver the thing and so all the material is really worked out through repetition and improvising and uh and then organizing like i'll i'll get i'll get the the sort of uh the crux of of what i'm talking about and, and then i'll do a residency at a small theater like uh there's a place out here called dynasty typewriter black box theater maybe seats 200 and i'll just my fans will know i'm like i'm going to work through stuff i'm going to talk for a couple hours and we'll figure out what what hits what doesn't hit and it, it just evolves like that yeah, you know, because other comics have said that's their process to me. And then, and then uh, quoting Jerry again, he says his process is he sits and writes everything out. He will not do a show where he has to work anything out on stage. In other words, it's all written in his head. He's got it all memorized and he's going to do it that way. And then there's other comics I talk to who say, oh, no, 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 no. I got to go up on stage and I got to kind of feel my way through this. And, and I yeah. think that it, wham, that is like walking a high wire. 
uh, you know, I've got this idea that there's a new kind of stupid or I have this idea right. that I want to right. talk about the death of my my girlfriend. Yeah. But I'm not sure. You know, that's dangerous. How stuff. do you do it? How right. do you do well, it? That's like. Well, that's the difference. You know, you know, Jerry and, you know, he's got a very specific way of doing things and very specific points of view about comedy. You know, him and I are opposites to the point where I'm not I don't even think he really has any respect for what I do, even though I've talked to him. But because I'm chaotic, you know, he's like a mathematician. You know, he, he, he creates these equations. He knows where the answer is going to be in the form of a punchline. And that's what determines it. But, you know, people like me, we're a little more emotionally chaotic. And the juice comes from not knowing. You know, he is getting up there and doing the work in real time on that special, Howard. There's two or three beats that never happened before. So I leave myself wow. open enough to, to let things like if I'm feeling comfortable, you know, trust myself and, and, and then surprise myself, surprise the audience. And it's like this weird gift that happens. And you're like, Oh my God, that'll never happen again. Like I'll walk out the stage after doing two hours and it'll be this one line that just was some riff on, on whatever happened in the moment that I know will never happen again. But that was the high point of the night. Is this wow. new? It's like being an astronaut. There's a, a, there's two beats in that special. That, that work as callbacks that I had never done before. And there's actually a joke that maybe I, I, I couldn't even believe I did it, but it was actually the perfect way to set up the, the portion uh, about uh, talking about Lynn's passing. And I'd never really done it before. And it was it was it was exciting. It makes it exciting. Yeah, that joke could have gone horribly wrong. But the way you set it up was perfectly uh Mark was oh, that one, joking. That. Yeah. He has a joke about uh, his relationship with a, a woman named Lynn Shelton, who was his girlfriend, and and she died. But doing a joke about that, or you know, it, it's got to right. be set up so perfectly. And you know, I guess, I, I, not to dwell on what Jerry said to me, but I guess what yeah. he worries about is that the audience is somehow going to sit there and watch you work something out, and that's not a professional show, let's say, because you haven't worked everything out. But I think watching a comedian, I like both. I like watching a comedian sort of struggle with something and kind of work their way through. And I relate to it even from what I do. Like, sure. Like I woke up, I woke up this morning, for example, thinking about Eric Andre and, um, the, this Emily model, Radikowski. Emily Ratajkowski. And I said, what are my feelings about it? I'm feeling somewhat jealous, but I'm also kind of proud of him. And I don't know exactly where I want to go with this, but I know if I start talking, I talk to Robin. I will start to formulate some sort of weird opinion right. about this. And right. I'll get in touch with the truth. And that's it. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I do that too. I do. I've actually done that, you know, on the mics, on the podcast. You think through stuff. That's been a very helpful part of having the podcast is I do that opening 15 minutes that I don't feel any pressure to be funny, but I can talk through what I'm thinking about. And sometimes yeah. things sort of like happen in the stream of consciousness, whether you're talking to somebody or you're just talking on the mic. Uh, that's been very helpful in terms of having the podcast is to think out loud. And I think that w what you're saying about Jerry is true, but like, I'm not going to do an unprofessional show. If I'm going to workshop something in a small theater and they know the score, then, then that's what it is. But I am the type of performer that likes to be surprising in a way that isn't that calculated, you know, and I've got nothing against Jerry, but he's really a guy that doesn't believe that comedy serves any purpose other than to make people laugh. And I just, I, I don't abide by that. You, you feel that comedy has a higher purpose too to get people thinking Absolutely. and maybe even change their attitudes politically or, 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 or just toward or, or, their fellow human being. Yeah. 
That's right. You know, it's yeah. it's not like I'm not so hung up on 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 the specific politics, but my experience when I was a kid watching comics is that they, you know, I was a, you know, uh, an anxious kid, you know, that had a, a brain that kind of you, you know was always full of panic and dread and comics could compartmentalize and and make these little jokes that could reframe everything you know they you know they they can reframe anger pain fear everything they could they just were able to sort of seem like they had a handle on things and for me that was a gift so if i can say something that'll ease somebody's pain or change somebody's mind or relieve something because i'm going through it and then we share that experience i mean that's what it is i mean getting laughs you know a, a fucking moron could get laughs well, yeah, and 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 by the way, the way no, well, well, listen, um, I've done it <laughs> anyway. The, uh, the 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 Beatles, you know, when they change music, the Rolling Stones, sure, you, you, their, their markers are there. Certain comedians who actually changed, like I'm the I'm I don't know where you're at with Chappelle, but I I think he has propelled the art form forward in some way. Is uh, I, and I, and I think it's his delivery. It's so fucking relaxed. That well, also, it, he's like very good at uh, long form, like uh, thinking through ideas. Look, you know, there, there are issues with some of his, I, I think, controversial topics, but structurally, sure, he's laid back. But there's some bits that he's done that are so well articulated and take a long time to pay off. Like you, you're sort of like the idea, like, where is he going? You know, and sometimes right. when he gets there, you're like, no, nah, fuck. And, but sometimes you're like, holy shit, he, you know, that the, the through thought, you know, that he's able to put large pieces together, which I've always liked. Um, yes. But there are certain comics that that really, you know, go underappreciated who I think like for me, to be honest with you. Like I, I come from, you know, I'm a little younger than you, but you, I mean, yeah, my, the reason, one of the reasons I do comedy is that my parents took me to the Hilton Inn, Hilton, uh, uh, hotel lounge in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when I was like 11 years old to see Jackie Vernon, right? The best. I loved, yeah. The I know. Best. Jackie Vernon. <laughs> well, I mean, and you're right. Right. He's so, he was so brilliant and so effective as a comedian that yeah. your, your sides hurt when he right. did it, you know, and it was so slow, deadpan. Dude. Yeah, total oh. dip in. But but that but like for me to see someone live. But I, what I was going to tell you is I, I was up in Canada doing the the festival in Toronto, and I was sharing a venue with Maria Bamford, who who I've known for years, and who was like, and she was I haven't seen her in years, and we're 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 both headlining and we're alternating uh, uh, shows, and I watched her do an hour plus, and there it was just mind blowing. There's no wow. one fucking better than that woman and so few people know her but so there's a lot of unsung heroes in 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 comedy and i think one of the things that's happening now which is a problem is there's this weird kind of tribalization going on around you know who decides what's funny and also the idea that winning in comedy is is getting you know 50 million dollars is crazy right. the best comedy still happens you know for 250 people dude I mean, that's right. where things happen, you know, and I, I don't really, it, it's just, I love being a comic and I'm, I love seeing people that I'm like, holy shit, what's happening here? Uh, and you know, my heroes are, are, are my heroes and I've learned a lot from my peers, but, but people taking it a different place is only relative to their cultural impact. Oh, we as a society, we, yeah. we always need an end game. We always look at the comic and say, well, did he get his own sitcom yet? Is he playing an arena? Is he as big as Kevin Hart? Is he, you know, is he yeah, this, I guess, is he that? Yeah, this you know society, what I mean? Yeah, yeah this society but, but does that. But back then, 
Who the hell knew who you know, Jackie Vernon was? You have variety shows. You can be like, holy shit, you know, Shaquille Green's still alive. You know, it's like right. you didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was not always that way. And there's always been hundreds of comics wandering the countryside, even more back in the day. And all that, all that crew that, you know, we grew up with or that you grew up with, I mean, they weren't doing that. They were just staying ahead of the law and trying not to kill themselves. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's unbelievable. Uh, you know, last time we talked yeah. about Sam Kinison and your days yeah, as yeah. the... As the doorman. At the, the, uh, oh, yeah. It's so uh, funny because I go over there. I'm at the store all the time. I love the comedy store. I live comedy at that store, place. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You know, uh, and I'm there like every night. It's my social life. I don't know what the hell to do with myself. So I, I if I'm in really? town in L.A., yeah, I'll go work out. And I'm working on new stuff. But but it's funny because, like, I, you know, I was off nicotine for years. Uh, totally. And then I, I smoked a cigar with a guy in Canada and now I'm like all hung up. You know, I'm, I'm all hooked on nicotine again. So but now <laughs> I'm like uh, I'm sitting around. uh the comedy store in the in the back lot, you know, just like smoking cigars. And these young guys, uh, who some of them are doormen, they'll go like, "I like Cigar Mark. Cigar Mark will hang out and tell you stories about the '80s." And we like yeah. Cigar Mark. He hangs around. He doesn't leave. Yeah, I heard that you had completely gotten over nicotine, just chewing nicotine yeah. gum and yeah. stuff. And, uh, and then I heard you met Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Oh, that, uh, and and well, yeah. got, is that true story that he got you smoking again? I mean, no, I smoked with him. Like I, I, oh, I knew okay. I was going to be okay. I, I, that was when I interviewed him. It was funny because the only opportunity I got to interview him was he, I had to pick up. Uh, he was at WNYC in New York doing a morning uh, one of their shows. So I was going to pick, you know, use the studio and just go next. It was so funny because me and Brendan McDonald, my producer, were hanging around WNYC waiting. You know, and it's public radio, New York public radio. Right? And all of a sudden this woman comes running out into the into the main area going, he's smoking. What do we do? He's smoking. <laughs> and Keith would... <laughs> <laughs> and it, and yeah. the answer is, I guess you let him smoke. But uh, yeah. he does but what no, he I wants. Was on the, sure, I was on the nicotine lozenges, and I was with you know I'm talking to Keith, who's my fucking hero. You know, I love Keith, and it was such a it was such a, a big day, and uh, and he's smoking, he's drinking his vodka and orange soda, whatever the hell it is, and I'm like, <laughs> what are you smoking? You know, he's like Marlboro. You know, I'm like, let me just hold one, right? So I'm I'm like an idiot. You know, he's smoking. I'm just holding the cigarette, talking to him. And at some point, you know, he he literally throws a lighter at me and hits me in the head. And <laughs> I, I, I'm like, right. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to smoke with Keith Richards. This is the devil I waited for. This is the guy. This is a funny thing. I'll be honest with you, Howard, is like you, know, you have heroes in your life, right? Yes. And uh, Keith Richards, when I was younger, I wanted to play guitar. So I, I, you know, I bought the same kind of guitar he had. It was my first guitar. I, I smoked Marlboro cigarettes because I read in an article that Keith smoked Marlboro cigarettes. I'm 14. I started mm -hmm. drinking Jack Daniels because Keith was, was drinking Jack Daniels. I mean, it, I got my hair cut once like Keith. It didn't work out, but I tried. So, right. but this is, but you know, this is the thing about heroes. So I interviewed him not too long ago for the re-release of Main Offender, right? It was a Zoom thing. And he's wearing this beanie. Have you seen the, him, pictures of him lately? He wears these yeah. wool hats and he looks yes. great. I, t I said to him, I said, you're not hanging beads in your hair anymore. And he's like, it was something to do. But anyways, so, <laughs> so, so he's wearing this fucking hat, Howard. And I'm like, where'd you get that hat? I love the hat. I pestered him for 20 minutes. Where's the hat from? To the point where his publicist emails me and says, this is where the fucking hat's from. Shut up about the hat. We're not, the, we're, we're not advertising these hats, right? So I spend, I spend all this time trying to figure out what the fuck this hat is. I buy, it's a $300 cashmere beanie. All right. So I buy the hat. I put it on and I stand in front of the mirror and I have the same fucking moment that I've had over and over with Keith Richards is that 
I'm not fucking Keith Richards. What, <laughs> what do I think? You know, that beanie's what not do doing anything for you. Exactly. Oh, my God. What do I think? It's great. It's a magic beanie. Yeah, what was the guitar? Rickenbacker or something? What did he play? No, it's a Kelly, like you got back there. Telecaster. Oh, right. Telecaster, yeah. Well, that Um, was the Telecaster, yeah. You know, this whole, uh, I mean, what a horrible tragedy that you lost your girlfriend. I, um, you know, I mean, I'm brilliant. Brilliant brilliant film director. You know, like she did movies like two. What was the, you know, I became really curious because in the new special and the special is called From Bleak to Dark, which is on HBO Max. I want to plug it again because it's so good and and you deal Mm -hmm. with so many great topics, anti-Semitism, you name it. Yeah. But um, and you even talk about your your girlfriend. But right. um, You you had uh, you said you had been married twice. Yeah. uh, Probably cynical about love and. Yeah. marriage and everything else because you've been through the mill with with yeah. all of that i assume when two marriages don't work out you're kind of like maybe i'm just not <laughs> good at this right i mean <laughs> yeah I, i'm still like that yeah that's right. that is exactly the the way by the way I, I do love that you point out in the special that you're 59 years old and somehow you have avoided having children that it's not mandatory that every married person has to have children yeah and you and you tell the, you don't <laughs> yeah, you, and I and I love that you say like you know you don't have to have children. In fact, um, I'm having a great life. Yeah. And children, a lot of you are having children so that they'll take care of you when you're old. And guess what? I don't even want that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you know, it was such a great point of view to to hear you sort of pontificating about that. But then when you got to you know your your girlfriend, I felt like oh God, Mark finally found. I don't know if you believe in soulmates, but maybe maybe you found a person that you finally feel like is your best friend and the love of your life. And now I understand yeah. what love is. And then to lose her. Yeah. Um, now, I thought the story originally was that because it was at the start of COVID that she had this medical condition and she got COVID and died. No. But that's no. not the case. That wasn't the case, yeah. but no. COVID did keep her from going probably to an in-person doctor visit. That's true. Way, you know, yeah. it's it was an undiagnosed condition, right? So, so she had no idea, right? And uh, right. it was leukemia, uh, acute. It was a, a, acute myeloid leukemia, which I, apparently is, is hard to detect, but. But yeah, but you know, she just it, she just got sick, and um, you know, and and it was like a, it was a week, you know, and it was. Um, you know, like if I think about it, you, you know, you think about it a lot. You think about that that week when you don't anticipate that. We thought she had the flu or strep throat or something, and she did a video doctor, and she got two COVID tests, and and you know, and it was just uh, it just happened so fast. But she didn't know that she had this condition. No. You didn't. It was, in other words, she got sick, she got a sore throat or some something, and probably thought she had COVID or who did? Who knows? Right. Yes. So didn't really rush to a hospital or a doctor. But no, this thing- the whole, the, the, the process was like, you know, she had swollen glands and she felt sick and, you know, and, and, uh, um, so it was, we'll go get a COVID test and it was a negative. And then she got another one. It was negative. Then she did a video doctor appointment and, uh, told the doctor symptoms and we'd had, and the doc said, well, maybe it's strep throat. And we had a pack, you know, antibiotics at the house. So the doc said, you know, do that. But her fever wasn't breaking, you know, so it was like three or four days into the, you know, the What was her fever? How high was, it was her like fever? 100, 101, 102, you know, so you it was fluctuating. Think, you wouldn't think no, anything you know, was that but, weird, but, right? 
Right. But after the antibiotics, I got scared and I said, you know, look at me, you know, we've got to go. And she wasn't a doctor person. You know, she's definitely she was a person that had certain conditions that she learned how to manage through, you know, vitamin supplements and food. You know, she had a, 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 a gut issue that, you know, but she's very naturopathic. Right. Um, so, so when the fever didn't break, I was like, we got, I got to take you to the doctor. You know, we got to go to the doctor tomorrow. Um, cause I was terrified. And that n- night, the night we did, I made an appointment and that night in the middle of the night, she collapsed and mm-hmm. it woke me up and I had to call the ambulance and, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, that was the, they took her and that was the last I saw her. Wow, and then there was God. just, it, it was. Yeah, and it's it was crazy like, you know, because you probably replay that in your head saying, oh, I should have taken her the first day. But then, you know, the reality, of course, you wouldn't. She had a cold or something, you know, you're not. Yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't I, I don't do that, you know, like because I think that would like I, I don't think I could live with that. I don't feel like I didn't do something lately. My concern was has been um, because, you know, when someone's sick in your family, like whether, whether it's your yeah. wife or a kid or whatever, right. I guess. Yeah. After a few days, it gets annoying. It's like, what do you need? You know, like you, you <laughs> get better already. Ex- yeah. Right. Right. And, and like, I, th- I feel like I was doing that a little bit, you know, and that's what I like. I just hope, you know, that I, 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 sh- I showed up for her in, in, in a loving way and not sort oh, of like, so oh, right. yeah, you're so right. My yeah. wife always says to me, like, you know, you're such a baby. Well, you know, enough already. You can get out of bed. You can, yeah, you know, you kind of just get like, okay, th- now it's yeah. time for you to yes. rally a little bit. Right. And, and oh, it wasn't happening. That's, that's d- d- because you were, because you were there with, did, did her family uh, say to you, gee, you didn't act fast enough or did the people start no. blaming you in some way or like, no, not that I know of, you know, it, the, right. the horrible thing about the, the whole, situation other than you know she got sick and and died was you know i didn't we weren't you know together long enough publicly together long enough for me to really be integrated into her family she just moved to la she was just getting through a divorce and uh you know i didn't really know i met her like she came on the podcast in like 2016 and i was a fan of her work and, you know, and after that, you know, we, we, we began writing a script together. She directed, uh, several episodes, a couple episodes of my show, a couple episodes of Glow that I was. But no on. romance during all this, uh, were. In other no, words, but you it guys was sort just... of like, we could feel it. You know, right. like we were definitely making excuses to spend time together, you know. Why didn't and... you act on it? Was it because you, you yourself were burned from, you know, uh, well, I didn't, I don't marriages. trust love and, you know, too much. And we were both with other people and it became undeniable, mm-hmm. you know, but I still was sort of like, no, this can't be real. But she directed uh, two of my specials, you know, I mean, oh, wow. We were really, yeah, she directed the the one before this one and, uh, end times fun and the one before that, which was too real. And she, you know, and she changed my life in terms of she made the movie uh, Sword of Trust with me because she wanted to make a movie. She, I, I think more than anything in my life, gave me a confidence that I, I that that lives with me still, like in acting and, and, and in just and playing music. She she I think she's the reason I I play music in front of people now. But but to get back to the the horrible story, uh, for some reason, when she was leaving, when they were taking her away, uh on the on the stretcher yeah i said well give me your phone and she's like i don't want to give you my phone i said well give me the code you know i i, I just i don't know i don't know why i said that and i wrote i scribbled it down 
And then it became clear that, you know, she went unconscious when they got her there and she was fighting for her life that day. And, and I had to tell an ICU nurse, I had to say, get, get into her phone and get me some Sheltons because I don't know them. So right. this is the way, like, I had to figure out who her father was, who her mother you was. You never so met the loop. father because it was a new, Not, uh, fairly new right. relationship. I met, yeah. I met him at a film festival. You know, when right. we were with the movie, but not as her her boyfriend. So, oh like, this is God. how I'm meeting these people. Because she put me down as the emergency contact because she didn't think she was going to be dying. Was and she so, close like, to her family? Yes, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... So, like, I, I said, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be the point person here. You know, it, like, I got her father looped in. They're both married to different people. I got her mother looped in. And, uh, you know, so that was the sort of cycle, the circle of contacts during the day. But because I was still the name on there, you know, I still had to, you know, they were coming to me first. And then I'd call her father and then get her mother. It was a horrible day, you know, dealing with friends, trying to hold on to hope. And But I'll tell you, man, you know... <sighs> Outside of the stuff I talked about in the special, you know, after she passed away, you know, I, I had to, I reached out to her, her ex-husband who couldn't have very good thoughts about me in any way. Why, uh, were I you thought, a guy who, um, did, did they get uh, divorced because you were in a relationship no, with her? I, I, no. no, I don't, but you know, I, I don't know the, the story of their life, but I knew like, I know me, you know, right, <laughs> I, right. I, I did, I used to do a joke about, uh, that, that didn't make the special. I did it for a while and then I stopped doing it. I said, look, you know, I, loss is not unusual. Everyone deals with loss, you know, like a divorce, a breakup, whatever loss is common. But the difference is when, when someone dies, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's not fucking anybody. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't, didn't make the special. But nonetheless, didn't make it right. But, but I, I, out of respect, you know, because I, I didn't anticipate this. I didn't, I, I didn't want to be the guy she passed away with. I don't know how. You know, ultimately, I, I was in contact with a lot of her family because there was stuff to be done. Her car was in front of my house. No one could come down because of COVID. You know, I had to deal with a lot of stuff, uh, which was fine. I, 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 I is it I, fine? I, I'm the worst with that shit. If I had to deal with no, all I that, into I, it. I walked in wow. because like it, 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 it needed to be done and it, it took the, you know, the grief is, is overwhelming. So, you know, at least you're doing something. But, but the point is I reached out to her husband and I said, look, man, I, I know that there's no reason for us to talk really, but, but I was with her after this last week. And if you, if you want to know what, what it was like, or if you have any questions, you know, we, we, I, I, we can talk. It's lovely. And, uh, yeah, and and we did, and it was it was rough, man. And it, it, but it wasn't rough in like an anger way. It was just two men crying, you know, and on a phone going through, you know, th this you know this week. You know, I just wanted him wow. to be up to speed. Well, what a beautiful so, thing you did by calling him. I mean, not everybody would have done that, Mark. Not everyone would have done that. Right. It it was some real some real uh man shit. You know, <laughs> it was heavy. Well, you know what? It's everything uh, you wish your father could have done. You know what I, I guess mean? So. Sure. Opened up to yeah. somebody else and say, "Hey, I, you know, you might be suffering here too." Wow! But, but I uh, worry wow. about their, their, like, you know, I'm still like I heard from one of her friends yesterday uh, that a group of her friends had gotten together and watched the special, and uh, um, you know, they loved it. And yeah, I, but I, 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 you know, there is part of me that's sort of like I wonder what her family would think because there was an issue that was interesting. Yeah, you know, after she passed away, because it was public and we were both public people, that people were coming at me for interviews. You know. That they did an obituary kind of thing in the New York Times, but but then like a like someone in her family, a cousin who I I didn't know, sort of reached out to me and said, you know, why don't you cool it, you know, on the interviews? There's a lot of people, 
you know, grieving here. And, and, I, and then, you know, at first I was like, yeah, but I, I'm grieving, you know, but then I realized like, you know, that she's right. And, you know, I just stopped doing it. And now, so now when, this is sort of happening again. So uh, when you started addressing her death in your stand up act and you, yeah. you know, and it's certainly contemplating putting it on HBO. Right. You, you, um, you know, what do you like? What's the process? Do you, do you feel like, gee, maybe I've got to censor myself here or go to the family and tell them I'm doing this? Or do you just, well, it's, it's tricky, it. you know, because like, it's like with my father, like, you know, I wrote a book of a memoir that was, you know, pretty hard on him. And in retrospect, I don't know if it was spiteful or if it was my side of the story. We have sides of the story. You know, our life involves other people. Now, the problem right. when you're a public person is that you, you, they don't have, they don't have a public response that, you know, they can't, right? So, right. and you've dealt with this. Yeah. You know, people going like, why the fuck would you say that? And I'm like, well, because it's my life. It's like, yeah, but I can't, you're going to bring me on to talk about my side? Right. right. So, but, but it was funny, like, because, uh, and I'll get around to what you asked me, but when I wrote the book, you know, my father was terrified. He thought like he was going to get in trouble, like, because I talked about his mental illness and everything else. And he was furious at me. And, uh, Afra and afraid uh, that maybe the medical community would say, yeah, they, he, okay, he was already right. fucked with the medical. He's already a mess. But but like this was like the icing on the cake. He's like, you know, my family, you know, you're you're, you're my uncles are very disappointed. You know, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I give my story. Right. So I, so I said to him, I said, uh, I said, uh, what do you want money? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I go, how much money do you want? And he goes, a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I'll give you five. <laughs> <laughs> You're negotiating with the old man. It's perfect. But, but, wow. but ultimately, you know, I, 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 you know, like you said, you know, I, I send them money when I can. And, and it was just, a, it was just a funny point and it's all behind us. But the thing about Lynn and talking about it, yeah, I did think about this stuff, but there was, it's very interesting about doing material like that. The, the, the thing is, is that if I did it without jokes, it would still be powerful. Like I could do a show about right. her passing without jokes that would be poignant and powerful. But then once I started to layer the humor on top of it, the sadness doesn't go away, but there's a sort of balance that happens. It was kind of, it was, yeah. You know, and that one joke, you hit a nice, I have to say you hit a nice balance because you gave me a couple of jokes in there that kind of relieved the tension. Right. It was very masterful, like playing the violin or the guitar. It was like he gave yeah. me a couple of breathing moments. And uh, okay. so I thought you, but the one I, joke, I the, the one joke you're talking about, though, that that one joke that I set right. up as the first joke I wrote that may, gave me relief. And then you know, went through the process of leading up to the joke. And then my concern after the joke would win like it. That to me, that was the one that felt like, it. it you know, being with someone who's dead is 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 a, a profoundly private moment in a way right yes. right they you can't you can't be mo more vulnerable than than being dead <laughs> in a way right right so right. because you, you don't have any so that that one joke was is is daunting to me but i i did it and i and i talked about daunting about it daunting in the sense that you still question even though now it's on hbo like, yeah. oh, you know, am I using her death in some way that I'm not honoring her or I should? Uh, right. I don't know if use it's using, but it really comes down to was it is, is it disrespectful? 
So, right. uh, so I, I don't like, I don't, I don't see the, uh, I, no one wants to use someone's death for anything. Yeah. I, are you ever like, it's like, what's the counterbalance to the idea of using it? Like I'm pretty clear in the show to say that I, you know, I'm not the victim she was, but you know, what it put me through and what I experience and what I still feel now is what it is. It's not like some gift that keeps giving, but, um, but, but it was just a question of, you know, is the balance here? Because when I tell the story of that joke, when I set it up, it's profoundly sad and disturbing. And I can see people in the audience are invested with the story right. of, of, yep. of that, of me going to the hospital. And, and then when I do the joke, I, I feel that sometimes audiences are like, why? It was so beautiful. Why did you stop the feelings? Right. You know I mean? Right. Well, yeah, I get that. I mean, because it really is a touching story when you do go to the yeah. hospital and everything. And you could have oh, yeah. left it without the joke. You know, you could have. Right. I, I imagine. But that's not a different show. It's a different show. You, you don't want to. That's your TED you talk. Gotta... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You don't want to do a TED talk. You want to be a comic. No, no. That's but right. you were you were you were madly in love with this woman. I mean, you were yes. you were at the stage in love. You you yeah, and, yes. and, and 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 what about? I guess I don't know how long she's been gone, but it's it's still fairly recent, right? Twenty twenty, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what about now? You still cynical about love? Are you done with love? Have you have you found someone you that you're interested in? I don't know. I you know I I've been uh, seeing a, a woman, and it's and but be but like I am where I'm at. You know, you know, I've, I've been through this loss and I, I've never been that great at, at, uh, you know, intimacy. I, I'm, I'm very, you know, paranoid and, and a little distrustful and, and I don't want to be hurt, but I'm, I'm also old and I can decide certain things. You know, there's, I can, I can sort of have a relationship. Like if, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been through some, bad relationships with crazy people and i and uh and i've had good ones here and there but i still i'm still not that great about it but i can be sort of honest where about where i'm at in other and, in other words when you weigh uh in your mind uh, relationships most of them for you have only been negative or there's been aggravation and y you just kind of yeah, see yourself sometimes yeah scary yeah and, but yeah. And, and and you know uh like uh, the joke, uh, did I, I didn't do it in this special, but I'm like, look, I know I'm self-centered and a little paranoid and oversensitive and, uh, and, and I, I don't trust love and I'm bad at intimacy. I know all those things about myself. I don't know why I would need someone in my house telling me that every couple of days. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to be reminded you should have put that one in. I like that. That's a good one. Uh, but when you say intimacy, in other words, because of your parents' relationship, and because of your relationship with them, yeah, intimacy to you is something that only leads to disaster. It's threatening. I don't know if it's disaster, yeah. but it's like it's annihilating. You know, like you're trusting somebody. You know, the the thing that I've learned about my parents is that, you know, they were so needy that I don't know that I really was able to develop a full sense of self. And love was always kind of loaded and, and manipulative. And, and yeah. So, so in other words. If I say to you the word love and your definition yeah. of love, yeah, and you start to think about a romantic relationship, at what point does it get scary? You're you're there with someone, they're sharing their life with you, you're having a great time drinking wine together, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, when you know, does it get scary? Know. Yeah. When does it get scary for you? Well, 
What about Here's it gets scary? I'll tell yeah. you what it is. It's like I, I you know, I, because of how I grew up, I'm, I don't have great personal boundaries, right? I, I don't like I'm, I'm a pushover emotionally. And if if there if and, it, and if there's a certain type of person, an emotionally hungry person or an emotionally destructive person, my experience is they can get right in there and 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 destroy me. And it, it, it's it's kind of happened. Like I went out. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of material about this now, but I like, I was with a woman who had mental issues and I knew that, and, but I still thought it was kind of hot. And, uh, but I, you know, but I have no boundaries. She was a, you know, a borderline personality person and I'm not emotionally, you know, I'm not psych, I'm no paragon of mental health. Right. But there was this thing like after like three years of drama. You know, an insanity. I finally got the fortitude to say, look, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You know, I, we need to sort of break up. And this woman says, well, I don't agree. And <laughs> so like, so I process that for a second. I go like, oh, uh, okay. And then it went on for two more years. So I, have oh my God. Much- <laughs> so the fear then that, that sums it up. Yeah. The fear is that you're so needy yourself, emotionally yeah. hungry really starving for something deep and intimate that yeah, someone could take advantage of someone could take advantage of you and you'll right, stay so in I have it a, right you'll, so you'll I, stay I, in so it I protect my protect myself right. but with lynn like that was different because i did trust her and she was a truly uh giving person you know and she was you know full of a kind of uh uh excitement about life like not a negative person. I really figured out a way to enter almost any situation with a sort of passionate excitement. And, and everybody knew it about her. She was really kind of a, a, a like a, a joy to be around, you know, and she, and, she was, and, 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 she was a director. Is, is that sort of a prerequisite for you? Someone has to be in a creative field. Someone has to be, well, uh, it's, I, I don't know. It'd be nice if somebody was okay in their own life. You, right. you know, uh, and, and there was certainly a mutual respect and, you know, uh, a, you know, a similarity in age. And, you know, and we were able to to show each other things that you know, the other didn't know, uh, you know, and, and she had a very and she as a director, she gave me she, I don't know if I'd be acting the way I'm acting uh, it, it, without she had a tremendous amount of faith in me and was very supportive of my creativity in, in a way that I believed you know, because yeah. I'm in and out with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, you know, beside talking about uh, Lynn, who, who uh, you know, I, I love that part of the special, but also, you you know, I was so glad you got into the whole aging thing. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'm 10 years older than you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it, it, as my mother says, it's not for wimps getting older. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. watching your body go through changes is just uh, yeah. fucking. I'm trying. Just it's crazy. It's mortifying. I'm trying to let it. Trying to let it happen. You know, I'm just trying to. You know, I'm just trying to. You know, be okay. This is. There's nothing I can do about this. You know, right. really. You know, I'm happy. I can still like. You, you know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, sex is still very important. And yeah, I don't I'm know. Shocked that it is, because I'm ten what, what years else? older than you. Of course it is. What is better than that? Really? I mean, food. But I mean, like, you can only go so far with that. Right. And, but I, mean, I guess I thought by the by this age, they like, they, you know, maybe the desire is a little less, but it's I'm still whacking off to porn. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, you know, well, you know, you don't want to ruin your routines. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know what? I actually heard I, I'm reading this medical study. They say if you do not ejaculate uh, 27 times a month. Uh, you will get prostate cancer. And I go, 
what I can't hit those kind of numbers anymore. Sure, when I was young, I'm 27 times a month. How am I going to hit now, that? Just, Howard, just focus. You can do it. You know you can I do can't. it. You, you Mark, got time I to nap. You want <laughs> I do nap. It, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm good maybe every other day. You know, oh, okay. there's only 30 days in the I, month. I, I think so, I'm so you were saying the, uh, sex is yeah. so so as you age, sex is still yeah. important to you. And yeah, it's just yeah. like, well, I have a hard time. Like, I don't. I'm trying to figure out. You know what is it? What is this joy business that people talk? Yeah, what, yeah, what is this? <laughs> I'm right you know? there with you. Yeah, right. Because yeah. like I've heard a lot about it, and now I'm at a point where I have a certain amount of comfort with a lot of things in my life. Let's do the joy thing. And I don't know really what that looks like. I, you know, I've, I've, I, most of my issues that I have mentally at this point revolve around some sort of anxiety, some sort of dread. You know, like, right. I mean, you do this every day. Like, I talked, like, I'll tell you, man, when I'm about to interview somebody, you know, they're, they're, every time, and you've been doing it longer than me, I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I going to, can this person talk? You know, like that right. kind of stuff. I have, and, I have tremendous anxiety about it. And I'm still, <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this for, for 50 years and I'm, I'm Isn't that wild about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I think it's what drives us. So, th so given that that's a reality, what do we do without it? You know, all I've been mm -hmm. thinking about is going to fucking Canada, dude. I've, 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 I've been, cause I used to think, like, I applied for a permanent residency up there, you know, so I could, you know, go up there and work and, and, uh, and also get healthcare if I need it. But I used to go to Canada to do comedy and stuff. And I used to think like, this is kind of like America without the fear. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of boring, you know, but I thought it was boring. And like when I was going up there during the last few years, I would get off the plane in Vancouver and all of this shit would go away. It's like you get up there and you're like, Oh my God, it's not here. Whatever that is, that wow. psychic malignant. It's not here. And I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for boring. Bring it on. Cause I'm not an island guy. I need, I need to go to a place where I don't have to struggle with the language. I don't want to sit on a fucking beach. I just want to be able to, you know, drink coffee and look at, uh, you know, some mountains. And, and so you're and, thinking maybe get place in Canada that's kind yeah, of far off out. from the beaten path. Right. And then get out well, of show close, business eventually when you're ready to just say, fuck th this. Th that's, that's what I think. But, you know, I didn't even take a break after the special. Within three yeah, days, I was working. That. But I like that well, you have that. You won't do it, but you have, I'd like that you at least have that in the back of your I, mind. I, I was, well, I'm so happy that I, I filled out the application. Like, cause it takes two <laughs> or three years to process this thing. I'm like, right. I took action. Well, cause who the fuck knows what's going to happen in this country? I don't want to show up in Canada as a refugee and be turned away. <laughs> I might as well. Right. <laughs> What you know? I am one of the Jews, so you know. <laughs> They're not looking for you. Uh, well, you know. Listen, oh, I love that line in this special. You're talking about Christianity. If you yeah. think of, uh, let me see if I got flying it. Jew is going to yeah, come back and save the world. Right. Isn't that back. isn't that mental illness? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is mental illness. I mean, it's not going to happen. But uh, so so anyway, maybe you will find love again. Yes. Sounds like you're you're in a you're in a relationship yes, I, right now, and she's yeah, and she's great, and and I definitely have love for her, and it's evolved, and you know, evolved in that, you know, at the beginning it was just you know, COVID, and I was a tragically grieving person, but we were lonely, and 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 it it sort of hung in there, and it's 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 changing, so it's good. What what is the prop? This is a, a, a you know, I don't mean this from a comedy stance, but. What is the proper amount of time to wait after you've lost someone to a tragedy like what you did? Yeah. You can't start dating a week later. You can't bring no. someone to the funeral. You can't, 
You got to. That'd be a bad got, first date, Howard. Bad first date. That'd be really hey, listen, bad. listen, baby. You're going to love this. <laughs> what do you do, Mark? Like, what, when yeah. is the appropriate time to sort of open up your heart and... And so you don't. Well, look I don't know like about your animal. heart, but your right. your pants. Right. You know, what is the appropriate uh, time? <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I don't. I don't know what that is, but it's like I guess it really depends on the person, you know. And right. I was never not honest about where I was at, but you know, it was a lonely time, and it was definitely several, you know, a few months before I reached out to somebody. Right. But but like I wasn't. It wasn't a heart thing. It was like companionship. You know, right. so I don't know. I think a lot of people, I would imagine during grief are ashamed to really talk about, you know, how they handled that. But there's something soothing about being with somebody. There's something Absolutely. soothing about sex. There's something, yep. you know, these are, you know, ways that people feel better. And when you're in grief, you know, there's no controlling that and there's no making it go away. So I imagine it's really relative. I mean, you can honor whatever protocol you think is in place. And obviously there is appropriate and inappropriate, but eventually, you know, you're a person and you're, you're fucking sad and you want to feel better. And for you during a pandemic, because you lived alone, I mean, you must have really been alone and that's tough. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. My brother came out for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, right after, but you know, it was, you just have no emotional control and you know, you're, you don't, it's very, it's not that you don't believe what happened, but it's just like, it, it just blows up your brain and your heart yeah. and you know, and you're in this PTSD and like, it's still right there. Like I try to manage the, the, the crying business, but like, you know, it does, it, it, it's just like your anger, Howard, or yeah, you know, in my anger, it's like, it, it doesn't take, there's, there, it, there's a pretty, it's right under the surface. Right. right. So you, can, you have to make choices sort of like, you know, I, maybe I'm not going to do that today. Maybe I'm not going to, you know, maybe I'm going to let that, you know, so it, I can. You still cry it about down. it. Do you still have yes. it? It's that, it's that intense. And, yes, and it, but I have control yes. over it. Like you I can do? stop it. Sure. I wow. can stop it now. You know, like sometimes you want to let it happen, preferably not at a store. Or, you know, I, I mean, I didn't cry here. I, you know, I could have, but I thought like maybe, maybe don't cry on Howard. Maybe, maybe we don't have to do that. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll I'm sorry, my heart goes out to you. <laughs> no, I mean, it would have been nice if you cried. It makes for better radio. I could have had a clip I could have distributed. I, a, you would have I, had five I, I million more podcast uh, subscribers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, forget sure. about it. Uh, yeah. But then I would have got 5,000 people going, this fucking guy cried on Howard. What the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> there ain't not, you know what? I'll tell you something. When I was young, yeah. I had all this macho bullshit idea of what a man should be. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing you cry... You know, even you just addressing now and saying, hey, I felt alone and sometimes sex and sometimes companionship is just the cure you need to go through your grief. It's not sure, that I'm being callous sure. or cold. I'm a human being and I'm alone and I'm lonely. I love that you said that. I, I do. And seeing, a, you know what? Now I see a guy cry and I go right on, man, because, yeah. you know, we've been bottling all this shit up for so long. And we're so conditioned to say, oh, we're a pussy, we're feminine, we're, you know, all these horrible things about crying. Crying is, is good. Crying yeah. is vulnerability. Crying is getting shit out. I think that's so, true. Uh, and I think there's also like a, 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 a it seems to be a cultural movement around, you know, people, you know, calling it awkward or, or saying cringe or whatever that, that like vulnerability and, and, and being emotional, especially with the younger generation is seen as weakness or uncomfortable or, or something they don't want to deal with. It's, it's, it's a little scary when, 
you know, because we went through that period where being authentic was a thing, and now it's sort of like it feels like culturally the the vulnerability and the the having feelings publicly is is starting to you know get a different reaction, which is kind of scary because we know. should be moving towards yeah. it. People turn on you. Eh, you're a pussy. I knew it. You know, and it's like, oh no, here we go. It's you know, so funny talk. about what a, a, a like a well thrown pussy can do like I was, oh. fucking whole, I was at the whole foods howard i'm at the whole foods yeah like this is two weeks ago and i hit my the thing for my phone my car my key fob the the car lights up a woman stops to take my space right and a guy pulls in behind her and right away he's like what the fuck is happening he's honking his horn so i say to him i say take it easy she, she she's just waiting for my space and he goes fuck you and i'm like what? i'm like i'm just i'm just telling you. he goes fuck you and I don't know why, but what came out of me at that moment was, boy, boy, right? So <laughs> so then he drives off, and as he's driving away, he goes, you fucking pussy. And I'm 59. I'm 59 years old. It still landed. It landed right in my high school guts. And I, you oh. know, for five minutes, I'm like, am I a pussy? I, maybe I am a pussy. You know? <laughs> you know, you might be a pussy. You just don't know it. Oh, man, it is so it, listen. It is so good talking to you. I think the special is brilliant. I love your work in two, Leslie. And uh, congrats on all your success with the podcast. I'm so sorry about Lynn dying. I, you know, the what you went through. That's the worst, man. It just sucks. Yeah. You know, you, Thanks, you, man. you find someone you love. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, Thanks. And life happens. you know, life is never predictable. It is always That's throwing true. something at you. That's true. And tragedy yeah. is really, I, that helped me to think that it's not unusual, actually. You know, people lose people. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a guaranteed thing. Hey, you know, you mentioned your brother. I just, just had a thought. It yeah. just popped in my head. Yeah. Does he share your same experience with your parents? Does he look at you sometimes and go, it's what worse. the fuck are you talking about? Oh, he thinks it's worse. Oh, no, he's wow. got a bigger That's problem great. with my old man. He's got a bigger problem with my old man. He's got, That's big, he kind of, That's kind of great because, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. My sister and I see it the opposite way. You know, uh, it's, it's oh, certain yeah. things. You know, but 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 your brother says, "Yeah, dad was uh, really oh, yeah. tough." Wow. Oh yeah. Isn't it's like, that he's like cause, well, he's got kids. My brother's got kids, and he was just sort of like, he, 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 my brother had you know started a family with a vengeance. Like, I'm not going to do what they did, and right. you know, and he doesn't. He he just really iced my dad for a long time, and, and rightfully so. I remember, you know, here's here's I told you about my dad. Like we were at the bar mitzvah, one of my brother's kids' bar mitzvah, and I got to go. And my parents are separate; they're, they're divorced. So I got to go pick my dad up at the hotel. It's not for the bar mitzvah, but for, for like the party the, before the lunch or whatever. Right. And uh, I get to the hotel, and my dad's there alone. He goes, "What are we doing?" I'm like, I, well, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna go hand, hang out with the kids, with the grandkids. He says, uh, you know, a lot of people get something out of that. I, I don't get anything out of that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then I go, ah, that sums go, it up you, pretty much. Right. And I go, what do you want to do? And he says, you remember those mustard slacks I used to have? And I'm like, I don't. He goes, maybe we could go find some mustard slacks. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So rather than watch your grandson celebrate right. his <laughs> high honor. Yeah. That's good right. dad. You've really yeah, learned a lot a, in life. Exactly. Oh my God. So my brother rightfully distanced himself for a while, but now we're all kind of showing up for the, for the old guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, 
The, life is strange. And and yeah. and by the way, I'll say it one more time, Mark Marin's comedy special from Bleak to Dark. What's that opening line you have in this special? You walk right out and say I don't want to be negative, but I don't think anything's ever gonna get better ever again. Yeah, that's about <laughs> as good as it gets. That, that's that's a great opening line. I was good. like, Oh, I good. wish I could say that somewhere. So good. <laughs> I feel on. just the same way. Uh <laughs> the uh Bleak to Dark is available on HBO Max. Check it out. I think you'll love it. Also, always hear Mark on SiriusXM's Comedy Greats. They're always playing your stuff on Channel 94. I'm sure you're glued to it, waiting to hear yourself on there. <laughs> well, I like, um, the, I like the weird little checks that come quarterly. I'm like, wow, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And uh, everyone knows Mark Maron, of course, from Almost Famous. Uh, that's a <laughs> great film that he made. Uh, we celebrate that as well. And also to Leslie, which I thought yeah. was a very, very great performance. I'm very high on you. He's on and, fire. And I love the addressing of the Jew stuff, anti-Semitism stuff uh, in the sure. special, too. I think it was well needed. And, I, I, and I, you know, some Jewish comics are ashamed of being Jewish. Myself, I'm Italian, so I can't really relate to that. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But but uh, but some Jews don't even want to admit that they're Jewish. Uh, on, on it took comedy. me years to talk about it because I didn't know because the comics I came up with, who I love, I didn't know how to talk about being a Jew without it being uh, sort of like. Um, Stereotypy, you know, because all the old Jews, you know, like Jackie Mason's like, oh, oh, Jew needs is a place to sit down. You're like, what is that? So I kind of avoided it <laughs> and, until I could kind of give voice to it. And the voice I give to it is sticking Jewishness in the face of non-Jews until I annoy them with it in a way that is uh, is yeah. provocative. Uh, yeah, I got to stand up. Yeah, I thought you. Yeah, I thought you were walking a strange line there, and I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Thank yeah, you. it's it's Thank great you. stuff. Mark Marin walking strange lines in a lot of places. You know, my father had <laughs> Alzheimer's too, and there is a sweet spot. You want to talk about the sweet spot? They become, oh my god, they become cuddly. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Mark. uh, Yeah, yeah. Robin's dad was a real piece of work. Let me tell you, but boy, he got that Alzheimer's, and suddenly, oh, okay, lovely, lovely dad. Exactly. Her her dad had your dad beat by fifty billion times. You would have appreciated. You would appreciate competition. Nobody. If you live with, if you live with Robin's father, you would have loved your father. That's the problem. We should have sent you there, like boot camp. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She had a good one, huh? You're not kidding. Uh, Mark Marin, everybody. Thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks, thanks Howard. Great to see and you. Thanks, and so thanks for giving me so much time. Here. It was great yeah. to have you here. Made it easy today. Here. You know what? Great. Yeah. Any anxiety I have, well, and this guy makes it easy. That's how okay. Well, Any time, huh? Howard, let me know. You I'm bet. down the street here. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Mark Marin, everybody. And, uh, well, Robin and I have to hit the road. We are very busy people. We have lots to do. I can't even go into it. You have That's no right. Before idea. we see you again, we'll have changed the world. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be busy changing the world. <laughs> and uh, look for Tuchus on sale as soon. The tickets. Uh... Tuchus available everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, next Wednesday, if you enjoy hearing people talk, uh, one of the women I've had her on before, and I always, I'm grateful to have the opportunity. Pink will come ah, in and perform yes. a little bit, and that woman sings like a motherfucking angel, Pink, and uh, be talking with her. And you and I, Robin, have a lot of conversation to go through next week. You have Absolutely. no idea what's going to happen. It's backing up. Of days. 
I will uh, tease this for you. Um, I got a little bit of Lenny Dykstra, your boyfriend, behind the scenes for next week, all lined up for you. And behind what scenes? Behind the scenes. That's why I'm just going to tickle your ass with a feather and tease. Isn't it all behind it. the scenes? That's it. And uh, I don't know. You're going to hold on one second, Robin, before we say goodbye. It's Mark Wahlberg, the famous actor, Mark Wahlberg. Ah. Hi, Mark. Yeah. God damn it, Howard. Don't you fucking say it's okay to cry. You got to fucking man up. I only cry oh, once in my wait life. A second. I only cry Listen. once in my life, and it's when yeah. Brady retired, and that's it. All right. Let's that's, when Brady retired. When Tom, when Tom Brady retired, you you cried, but you've never cried any other time. Is that I've correct? I've never cried any other time. You know what I do? I get on my fucking bench and I start doing uh, Tommy, Tommy, fucking Tom. Why'd you fucking do it, you piece of shit, Tom? <laughs> I love you so fucking much. Don't you fucking go, Tommy? <laughs> how much do you be- how much how much do you bench press in order to get rid of the tears? <clears throat> At least four hundred pounds. I'm gonna wow. get on there right now. I'm gonna fucking get on there right now. I swear to God. And let me tell you something. If I fucking died and my son cried about it, I'd come as a ghost and I'd give him a fucking wedgie. I'd fucking give him a swirly. I'd put his head in that. Wow. T- I would drown his ass in the toilet. You're I'd the most to- masculine man. You really Amazing. are the most. Ma- yeah, I tell right you, I Mark. Am, Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something about that Boston water makes you just strong. I don't know what. Yeah, it is. that's exactly right. That's right. Now you got it going. Now you, now you understand. Yeah, yeah, now I got it going. I'm telling you. All right, go ahead and bench. Everyone wants to hear. All right, here I go. Four hundred pounds. Wow. Right there, Tommy. Yeah. There you go. Little glimpse. All right, listen, we got to get going. And uh, blah blah blah. All right, bye everyone. Experience the greatest musical performances from the Howard Stern Show. Make some noise. You have no idea what joy that brings me. <laughs>